106.9. Welcome to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. This morning at 7.30, we're going to get you hooked up with these WWE tickets as that show rolls back into town January the 22nd at the Civic Center. We'll put you in the building for that. And then coming up at 9 o'clock, this is awesome. This is starting this morning. This is your first opportunity this morning, 9 o'clock. Win your way out to the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Uh, your contest, uh, well, it starts today, goes until, I believe, the 13th of February. And every morning at 9 a.m., you'll have your opportunity to win your way out to that. We make fun of it. We kind of like, you know what I mean? We kind of like knock it. And we kind of talk about how, you know, we do this like five times a year. We always talk about how it's once in a lifetime. But, dude, a trip out somewhere away from the freezing cold to go see like 50 bands that are amazing, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it is cool. Yeah, it'd be a victory for sure. Like, it's something that uh, it's worth sending a text message. You look at all the stupid text messages you've sent in your life, and this would certainly be worth one of them. So. It's the only award show that honors the songs you love from listening. <laughs> Listening all year to your favorite iHeartRadio stations and the iHeartRadio app, now the number one music app yeah. in the world. That's no laughing matter right there. <laughs> the biggest songs, the biggest artists, performances of a lifetime, all live on one stage in three televised networks there, TBS, TNT, and True TV. Why is True, uh, whatever. And uh, Sunday, March uh, 5th from the Forum in Los Angeles is where this will be. True TV always gets in on stuff they're not supposed to. They get the NCAA games, too. Remember that? It's like, part of uh, the TNT network, yeah, right? so it must, be, it must be just, you know, that Ted Turner money falling out of the sky. <laughs> That's, uh, that's dude. It'd be nice to have that Ted Turner one day. He'd be president. How are you, Matthew Fantone? How are things? I'm all right. I'm a little bit sleepy, oh, no. though. I'm just a little bit sleepy, though. And I'm going to tell you why. Dude, for the first time, and I've lived in my apartment for over a year now, for the first time in that entire year, dude, I heard my neighbors banging it out oh, last good. night, good. dude. Finally. Banging it out. Finally. Because I know you do this to people, so good. And I, dude, I think it's rude of neighbors not to not to bring that into consideration. Well, of course, I think you have to, I mean, there, there, there's a... There's kids in the building, for Christ's but, sake. But, like, it was it was probably at about, I don't know, 12.30, I woke up and I heard something. Oh, I'm so like, you were already asleep then? Oh, yeah. And I'm oh, like, dude, they're knocking boots and they woke you up? I'm like, I'm like, what is that? What is that? And I'm like, oh, those people are having sex. And I heard it, and like I heard her, and she was the most vocal out of the two. And then 15 That's minutes the later, the better way to be. 15 minutes later, my girlfriend like nudges me, and she's like, "What is that noise?" And I'm like, "Those people upstairs are effing." And she goes out to the window to like look out onto like Shore Avenue to see if like Creep. it's something else. And oh, I'm like, okay, thank and God. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, babe, I'm like, get back in the bed. Those people are having sex. You like, she's like, no, I think somebody's outside hurt or something. And I'm like, no, a dying animal. No, he's putting a hurting on her upstairs. No, that guy's just stabbing a cougar upstairs. That's what's happening. And it's just weird because like the guy that lives upstairs for me, um, a younger dude, a, a guy that had his head chicks. Like I've seen him with other women, so I know he's had sex before. Maybe they all said no. I just don't know why last night was like the loud one. And it's because of her. She was just just like Oh my god! Now, if you weren't able to hear her, would you be able to hear like the the, the furniture? Would you have been able to hear that? It wasn't so much the furniture; it was her voice, and I think he was trying to keep up with her. I think he was trying to be as vocal as her. Oh, see, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I, cause, mm-hmm. because a lot of things, I don't like that. I could tell what she was saying at times, um, but with him, it just sounded like grunty. I'm like, oh, oh. okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, bro, bring it down. Son. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. So here's so I did. I dated this girl who lived in Akron forever ago, and she lived in like the hood of Akron, right. like off a of Balch Avenue. Okay. Like if you're in Akron right now, you just went whoa, like that. She lived in like the hood of Akron, and so Miss Babbage, 2013. <laughs> yeah, I miss Natalie, man. She was awesome, and uh, 
So we we had uh, she had neighbors that lived upstairs, and like she okay. lived in this house, and she was broke. She didn't have any money. They, they didn't have cable. Like so, there was no air conditioning. Is my point? Nobody lives in the hood because they have money. <laughs> right. Fair right. point. Fair point. Right. And so the neighbors upstairs would always leave like their bedroom window open because it was summer and it was right. hot as bolt. Right. So we'd be walking home from the bars, and you could hear this dude at the top <laughs> of the street. Like we lived downstairs from a male moaner, and it's creepy. And I don't know. I'd be interested to talk to women about that. Like if a man hears a woman having sex it might be annoying that it's keeping you up but there's a little bit of you that's like damn listen to her go but the moment you hear a man go oh yeah you're like i'm out i'm I'm completely out. It's like, dude, honestly, most times, porn, no volume. I can't risk the dude. He did. He had that, like, that, like, that guttural, just like, uh, uh, and I think, like I said, I think he was trying to keep up with her. I think oh he, she, she was so vocal and so loud, and she was, like, saying things. Like I said, like, she's, I, I, I mean, oh my God, you know, numerous times, uh, uh, his that, name, F me, F me, F me, and I'm ooh. like, I'm like, all right, dude, you're doing it up there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not nice. Mad, I'm not mad necessarily that, like, no, yeah, I, I mean, heard you can't sex. Be. I'm an adult. Like I'm okay with that, and I make room for the fact of, well, dude, when you, you should look, be living in the house, right? When you live in an apartment, like sometimes <laughs> yeah. you hear your neighbors, sometimes you smell your neighbors, sometimes there's you know, uh, there's things that come with living in an apartment that I that yeah. I just take. Um, but it did have me a little concerned. I'm like, well, we're kind of loud, but I think we're at least like conscious of like all right we do have neighbors you do have to bite this pillow you do have to shut up like right. you do have to like, yeah i mean you, you just know. have to it's just it's just the way it is yeah so you know i i'm not complaining about it but there was a little bit of like i woke up this morning and i'm like that son of a bitch he got laid last night i didn't do anything last night i got absolutely none and I'd, I'd, I'd be up for like an extra 45 minutes because of it. So my upstairs neighbor, F you a little You bit. know what? No, I like it. I like it because, dude, we had this argument. And I don't know if you remember, but, dude, this got heated in this studio about a year and a half ago about this very same subject. And I kept trying to tell you. I was like, dude, you got to be conscious of your neighbors. You kept telling me, I don't care. And I was like, dude, there's going to be kids in there. There's going to be people in there. And now you've had this negatively affect you, and you might think about it next fine, time around. Fine line. Like I said, there's going to be parts of, of living in an apartment that you're just going to have to deal with. I know inevitably I'm going to hear you having sex, but oh, I don't be, want to think about my neighbors be, doing that. Be somewhat conscious of like, all right, dude, I do live in an apartment. It's a fine, it's a, it's a balancing act there between being the neighbor hearing it and being the neighbor perpetrating. I'm there. the youngest person that lives in my building at at forty, almost forty one years old now. Jeez, I don't like thinking about that. All right, I'm not going to think about that anymore. But I'm like the youngest person in my building. There's only three of us that live in there, so I'm. I don't have to deal with this a whole lot. They have to deal with this more than I do. The sounds of old people having sex. And and my oh. it's like two bologna sandwiches smacking up. Oh each Jesus! Other. Don't do it. <laughs> and across the hallway from me, I don't know if she just moved to the state or whatever. But I mean, yeah. she never has visitors. She barely ever leaves the apartment. Like she's if I come home and I see my neighbor's car isn't there, I almost celebrate because she never leaves. She's like a hermit. She just stays there. I don't care. I mean, it's none of my business. I don't care what you do. But, like, I, she just never leaves. So it's like, I don't have to deal with this a whole lot. People who are around in the daytime, I always give that awkward eye to them. Like, there's, only like, well, there's only, like, seven morning radio shows in the world. You right. know what I'm saying? So, right. like, you're not on one of those. You don't get out of work at 11 o'clock like I do. What are you doing at home? Like, why aren't you Why aren't you somewhere? It's like when you go to the movies at 1.30 in the afternoon and it's sold out. It's what like, doing here? What, what are y'all doing here? Yeah, go to work. <laughs> when, when the roads are really busy in the middle of the day, I'm like, what? How, Where are you why are you a giant eagle? You right. don't belong here with me. <laughs> you're, you're not lucky enough to have a yeah. job where you get off early. Yeah. So, well, that was the highlight of your weekend, right? Ah, dude, I mean, at least it's one of the things of my weekend. Did you hit up first Friday? 
I did not, dude. It was so cold. It was so it was cold. So I, I did the same cold. thing. I pussed out. I t- totally pussed out. I was like, nope, too my, cold. My girlfriend got home at like 6.30, and she's like, do you want to? And I'm like, do you want to? And she's like, no. <laughs> but the good thing is, is there was thousands of people down there. I saw a video of it, and it seemed like it was very heavily attended. It's one of the better first Fridays. Just well, I know be- the ice sculptures yeah. pull people in. People love that. So, you know, hey, uh, can't, downtown Canton didn't necessarily need us this weekend, and, and, and that's because you guys went out and supported for us. Damn. Thank Right. Thank Damn you. right. Thank, Thank God. Because honestly, man, Friday came and I was like, it's bitter cold. It's like one degrees outside. I don't really want to go. I wanted to. And dude, the thing with you is you're already partnered up. You already got a wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? You basically yeah. have a wife. You live together. You're going to get married. It's like, it, dude, the bars are really for people who are looking to go home and do what your neighbors were doing last night. Right. That's right. what the bar's for. And so it's, it's like, the only reason Buzzbin exists. Right. It's, to, it's, to, it's for you to hear music <laughs> that you've never heard of and for you to bang somebody and, you know, that you should take to the free clinic on your first date. Oh, this pretzel IPA is good. (laughs) And I get to bang somebody. Although you almost had me convinced I should go up there Friday because apparently Fantone thinks I should date one of the bartenders that works at Buzzfeed. She's pretty hot, dude. She is pretty hot. hot. I bet she's too young now. Uh, Sure. And has that Dude, plus she wears Motley Crue t-shirts ironically. Yeah. Like, that's not one of those things. It's like, oh, cool, she likes the crew. It's like, no. Or does she? Or does she? You know, you haven't had this conversation. No, I, I haven't. I don't even know her name. I know there's a decent amount of uh, people in downtown Canton who are wearing the crew shirts ironically, but maybe she's, you know, a yeah. True to the Heart fan. It makes me want to give you a swirly. Trying to like kickstart the heart with Stansberry. <laughs> kickstart Stansberry's heart. That's right. Bangs him so hard he has a heart attack. That's kickstart right. it. Oh, my God, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God, I hope somebody give me a... All right, you know what? I wasn't going to do this. Okay. But now we're going to, since we started the program out with sex. Ladies, I got to do this to you. You're being stupid. You're just being dumb. And you're the reason why you're single. It's not because of you. It's not because of all these other things around you. It's you. Your decision making is despicable. It's awful. And uh, you know what? All right. You know what? I'm up against the clock. So I'll remind you one more time that at 7.30, you'll get WWE tickets. At 9 o'clock, you'll get hooked up with a trip out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. But next, ladies, you're going about trying to land a dude the entire wrong way. And I'm going to get you fixed up next on The Stansbury. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 a.m. this morning, we're going to get you hooked up with a trip out to Los Angeles to the forum. Check out the iHeartRadio Music Awards. You'll have two opportunities every morning. The first one is at 9 a.m. weekdays. Right here on Rock 106.9. We'll get choked up with that. Also, 7.30. Send you uh, to the Canton Civic Center. Dramatically less impressive than, uh, than Los Angeles. However, you will see the WWE there on the 22nd. I'm going to disagree, dude. Give me the option. Between Los Angeles or the Civic Center? Canton, Ohio, baby! I'm going, I'm, I'm going L.A. Right. Not to live. Now, see, here's the thing. I bet people would be surprised by this. If you offered me a place to live... I would choose Canton, Ohio over Los Angeles. I've lived in Los Angeles. It sucks. It's terrible. Wouldn't want to live there. But it's one of those cities that it's like you have to see it. You have to go. It's like I always say this. New Orleans, New York, Las Vegas, and Los Angeles. Every American needs to see those four places. And you know what? We'll throw D.C. in there because of what it means to the country. Five. That should be on your bucket list of places to see. And there's legal dope out there. They're just handing it out. Hollyweed. Giving out that weed. Hollyweed. As a matter of fact, we're going to get into that a little later in the program. The people that did that claim it wasn't a, uh, what they say? That it wasn't like obstruction or they claim it, it wasn't what they're being charged with. We'll get into that a little later in the program. We started out today's show by Fantone telling you about his neighbors just banging it out above him last night. Couldn't get any sleep. 
And I, I mean, you know how this show works. We got yeah. into like all things sexuality yeah. then at that point. And I noticed this over the weekend, and I noticed it well before this weekend, but it just had it had overtaken me this weekend, and I had had enough, and I wanted to sound off about it, so I did it online, and now we're going to sound off on the air about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Fantone's got a girlfriend. They've been together about three years. They live together. They're probably on the track to being married. Everything's going good over there, right? I'm single, and so I kind of date around a little bit, okay? Now, in today's day... In order to date around properly or to do it honestly the way other people want you to do it, you have to do it digitally. Now, I don't really care for that. I like going into a bar. I like finding an attractive woman. I like starting a conversation with her. I like trying to entertain her. I like trying to make her laugh. And uh, and that's the part of picking up a woman that I like. Once I'm having sex with her, I'm like, why am I doing this? She's just going to be annoying you know, 72 hours from now. But like the picking you up part is the part I like a great deal. And Tinder and like this, you know, plenty of fish and like all these like apps that you use now for ass, they take all that part and they take it out and they throw it out. And I find it to be a little annoying. But one of the more annoying things on Tinder is this. And this isn't even what we're going to talk about, but I'm not here for a hookup. Well, then you're using Tinder wrong. Tinder's not meant for you to find the love of your life. I don't know why people are trying to make Tinder that. That's not what it's for. Tinder's for like, yo, dude, I have HPV and so do you. So we, we're clear to go. Let's bang. Now, I'm sure there's been cases of people who went on the hookup app, for ended sure. up hooking up with yes. somebody and found the love of their life. But that's not what it's there for. But good luck telling your grandkids that. I mean, I wouldn't want to. I, that's the last thing I want to tell my kids. Oh, I met your mother on Tinder. I swiped right because she had one profile pic that looked really good. What kind of weird ass hookup site are my grandkids going to be on? You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be like, ah, Tinder, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to care. <laughs> it's masturbator. Like, that's what you do. You lock on. There's a video. And if you like the way that looks, then you swipe right. That's going to be the thing. Right. All right. I, right. I mean, it's basically there. Right. It's basically there now. Okay, but I feel as if people and I'm going to I'm going to sit women down here and I'm going to talk to you about how you're doing it wrong. That's not to say that men aren't doing this wrong. Okay, I'm sure that they are. I'm sure men are sending out horrific signals about themselves without realizing that they're doing it. But I'm not looking to pick up a man. So I'm not there to sit men down, tell them what they're doing wrong. Signals are probably the worst thing that they're sending out. You know, the the, the D picks, that's what you really got to be concerned about. Dudes are sending those out left and right. But ladies, you're sending out messages about who you are as a person, whether you think you are or you're not. And if you, if you have somebody like me, who is a student of human, of human behavior, who loves that human condition, what makes people tick, who are they are really. I know this is who you're trying to sell me as who you are, but who you are behind it is what I'm interested in. If you, if you put your bios together and you run across somebody like me who's very discerning and we're going to look at it and know who you are, whether you want us to or not. And I keep coming across this on Tinder. And ladies, I have never seen anything more ridiculous in my life. This, the amount of times I read this sentence in a Tinder bio is ridiculous. If you don't have your own car, swipe left. You have to have your own transportation before swiping right. That's your baseline of a good dude. That's your baseline. That he better be mobile. That your baseline of a guy that you're willing to date is something that you can get when you're 16. That's your, that's your, well, if you have a car, cause you know what you did? You just told every other person out there on Tinder that you have banged just a thousand loser bums in a row. Just a thousand, just a thousand losers in a row. Why would a good dude, if that is the, well, if you can't drive a car, no. Any dude worth having is going to read that and go, <laughs> 
No. Ladies. But because it's a hookup app, I guess that's why it's like, I don't care necessarily about who you are as a person. I just, and I need you to be mobile so that, so that when I want D, you can come deliver D. I, and, and I would, and I would, and and I would be okay with that if it wasn't the rest of the bio wasn't talking about how she needs to find the love of her life. And because women are doing that on Tinder too. And you always see this too. I'm so over the liars and cheats. And then there's one picture of your big fat block head. You're not done with liars and cheats, sweetheart. You're not. You know why? Because she can't spot them in the crowd. That's how the last 150 got through. Because you have no idea what you're doing. You're not done with liars and cheats. You attract them. I, I'm so sick. Dude, I have women friends and they always do this. Oh, all these guys today ain't nothing. I'm tired. I'm tired of all these ain't nothing dudes. Sweetheart, all those guys have one thing in common. You picked them. You're the one that ain't nothing. Not them. Not the guys. And ladies, if you're writing this stuff on your Tinder bio, you know that, 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 that opportunistic guys are like, oh my God, this girl's an idiot. And so I know I can manipulate her. I know I can lie to her. I know I can deceive her because you've put it in your bio that the last 35 guys lied on you, walked on you, and did everything negative to you. You're not going to find some nice guy on Tinder that's like, oh, you poor soul. I'm here to make sure nothing like this ever happens to you again. You're going to find another dude who's out to hustle you again, and you're too stupid to figure it out. You have to have a car? That's the bottom floor of the dude you're willing to let in your vagina. Car. Seriously. That's the screening process. God, that's pathetic. That is the most pathetic thing I've ever heard in my life. It's pathetic. And I wouldn't be even talking about it if it wasn't in every single bio I read. And that's how I know. Women, you're just jumping into bed with bums. With bums. Dave Chappelle said this a decade ago. If vagina was a stock, it would be plummeting today because you were just throwing it out on the corner. A car. That's your baseline. Dear God. Dear God. No wonder you're getting walked on by dudes who haven't worked in 10 years. No wonder you're begging for it. A former Clevelander misses it a great deal. We'll get you filled in on that next on the Sandsbury Show. Benton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. That's a little later in the year. I think March is when that actually goes down, and uh, it'll be televised. Three different uh, television networks there, but we want to put you in the forum in L.A. to go to it. Your first opportunity to win your way there, 9 a.m. this morning. Also, yeah. 7.30, WWE tickets. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I'm sorry. no, no. WWE tickets is far more important than <laughs> I, the stupid joke I was going to make. I figured, as, I figured as soon as I went to WWE, he's going to be like, oh, I, I, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, sure, dude. Megan Trainer sucks in the iHeartRadio Gangbang Award. Whatever. Who cares? WWE tickets. That's what I care about. 7.30 this morning, we get choked up with those. Nice. Man, that's on the 22nd. Dude, uh, January's flying. I mean, I know it's only the 9th, but it's like flying by for me already. Well, I mean, at this point, we're in the middle of January. You know, it's, it's oh, oh, dude, time doesn't slow down. Certainly not going any slower. It's true. Dear God, according to my iPhone weather, yeah. it is 13 degrees right now. How warmer than it has been, right? <sighs> Feels like it's a, uh, like a heat wave coming through. That is bitter. Dude, I drove up to North Ridgeville on Saturday. Yeah. And I didn't get warm in the car until I hit Independence. I mean, like that. I mean, it was freezing cold. I heard, and not to go all chief meteorologist on us here. Oh no, chief meteorologist Matt Fantone. I heard it's supposed to be 58 degrees in Canton, Ohio, on Thursday. 
I have 57 according to my iPhone with a little bit of rain. So one degree on Saturday, 58 on Thursday. Ohio. Get ready for all those posts. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm friends with people who live all over the country on Facebook, and they all post that about where they live, too, so it's not just Ohio's weather. Okay? Do we all have that now? Do we all? Are we good? Okay. Speaking of which, dude, I did drive up to North Ridgeville on Saturday, yeah. play a little indoor golf with my buddy, Yeah. and I won. Nice. I won. Stan's right feeling good about himself. Oh, dude, haven't beat him in maybe ever. And I won. Things are good. Things are going well. I'm enjoying it. All right. Uh, speaking of enjoying things, I just watched this video up at WRQK.com, and you can too. Uh, Timothy uh, Moskov, mm-hmm. now a Los Angeles Laker, made a ton of money by being a Laker. I think they paid him, what, like $65 million or something, Phantom? A lot of cash. Yeah, it was like $64 million or something that they paid Moskov uh, to be a Laker. And, uh, you know, I'm going to summarize this. I would play it for you, but I can't play audio from my side of the board. I'll I'll summarize and and I'll drive you to WRQK.com where you can see the video for yourself, Cavs fans. Timothy Mozgov misses Cleveland, misses the Cavaliers, says everything here was special. And, of course, it was. Because you went to Los Angeles, you make a ton of money, you live in a great city. I mean, if you're an athlete, I said earlier on the program, I wouldn't want to live in L.A. It's because I don't have $65 million. If you had $65 million, you could live in L.A. and everything would be great. You know what I mean? So you live in a great, you know, city. For an L- for for an NBA player, you now uh, you play for. I mean, God, it's got to be one of the best storied franchises in the NBA, right? Them, the Celtics, Bulls, and like oh, certainly one of the one of the greatest. Franchises I mean, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's a top five franchise in the NBA. I would have to imagine, maybe in the top five of sports. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like, fair. It's, it's, it, the LA Lakers are obviously an iconic team, and it's LA's team. Like, I know they have the Clippers, and I know the Rams are there now, but it's. I mean. Having lived there, that's a basketball city. It, it, it just right now that's the way it is. The NFL may be able to turn that around. Who knows? Well, that'll you know remain to be seen. But this is interesting, and I think that this does speak to what you're going to start to see happen more and more now with the new with the newer athlete. I think these guys are going to start to weigh this stuff in, and they're going to go. You know what? Like take Odell Beckham Jr. for for, for example. There's a guy who played yesterday, but the week before he was in Miami, right? And the point being is, if you if you live in Cleveland. To play basketball, I know I went football, basketball there, but the point is, if you're an athlete, if you've got downtime, you're not stuck in the city in which you play. You're mobile. You can move around. So I don't think that where you live and where the city is is as important as it once was. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you're not stuck, but you are going to be in that city for six months out of the year. There's no question about that. You're not getting out every weekend. Minimum six months out of the year. So I think a little bit of like quality of life and like where your wife wants to live. And I think those things and even a little bit of like. I'm sure there's a, a, a an attitude with pro athletes of like, well, I'm a big time person. I'm I'm a very important person. So get me to a big city. Get me to a very important well, city. I heard that played a huge part into why Kevin Durant wanted to go play with the Warriors because they're and you know between Oakland and San Francisco there. And the theory was a lot of people were saying what one of the reasons you know Kevin Durant wanted to leave is he's a seven foot black dude in Oklahoma City. Like, sorry, everywhere he goes, he's Kevin Durant, and people might think this is crazy, but Kevin Durant can walk around San Francisco and a lot of people aren't going to know who he is. Like, that's just the truth of it. It's like, it's one of those cities. It's, a, you know, it's very big. It's bustling. Celebrities are everywhere in, in California. And you can maybe, he's still going to be noticeable because he's seven feet tall. Yeah. But there's going to be people who don't know he's Kevin Durant. In Oklahoma City, nobody, nobody in that state didn't know who he was when they saw him. 
Um, yeah, I mean... I, I think that that... Now, that theory's that, been but, pushed out there, and I think there's probably some truth to that it. That goes back to the Khloe Kardashian when she said, I love being in Cleveland because I can go places and right. people aren't necessarily hounding me. People right. aren't necessarily all over my ass. Well, TMZ's not here. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think the average Cleveland girl or the average Ohio girl looks at Khloe Kardashian and goes, oh my God, I love you, but there's not the paparazzi here the way there is in Los Angeles. Right, not nearly as much, you know... Uh, maybe Fox 8 finds out you're there, but that's it. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. It's not... It's not TNC. Wayne Dawson it's not, knows you're there. Right. It's it's not, you know, this... That this, pack of cool starts tingling in his front pocket when Chloe's around. Um, I think what we're seeing here, and, you know, obviously the Lakers are kind of in a rebuilding phase right yeah, now. I, mean, I think they're like 15 and 25 yeah, on just the not year good or something right now. like that. And uh, obviously playing for a championship caliber team is going to be more fun. There's no question about that. Um, playing with a team that is fun and has a lot of chemistry together like the Cavaliers did, you know, The direction year. that LeBron gives you that nobody on the Lakers staff can give you right now. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that LeBron truly is the, uh, the the most important part of this here is because without him, without such a you know a transformative player like LeBron James, Cleveland wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be the powerhouse no. of basketball what no. it is. So this once again goes to the theory of like, man, dude, LeBron is so goddamn good at basketball. He makes $65 million. Like, eh, yeah, but I kind of miss not having it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how good the guy is at basketball. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty I mean, impressive. Things I, I and I just like that. I like the fact that we have a team now that when dudes leave here, they talk about how it was magical and how they miss it and how they like that culture and how they want because we haven't had that in forever. Uh, yeah, in, in the history of well, I guess maybe you know the '90s Indians or whatever. But like, it, this is different. It is like I said, it's it's how transformative LeBron is and how much he does for a team and an organization. And and and, and I know, oh, dude, shut up about LeBron, but he's awesome. So no, I'm not going to shut up about LeBron. <laughs> no, he's pretty damn good there, dude. I'm surprised Mozgov said something like that though. I can understand like, hey, yeah, I miss some of the guys. I miss some of the you know that. But I'm surprised he said like, I miss Cleveland. I miss like, dude, you probably need to show some loyalty to to Los. I agree, but what might be happening there, and he's probably doing it the wrong way because I'm not sure he's a big enough star to do it, but there might be some of the, hey, upper management, we need to pay attention. We're not building this right. The culture isn't right. Things aren't right here. Like, dude, I mean, the story's been, if LeBron walks into into the locker room and there's towels on the floor, he freaks out. He freaks out, and he gets on guys about you be professional at every turn. And I think, dude, when, when your best and, – and I keep hearing he's – when your best player is Swaggy P, he, you, dude, nobody even knows his real name because he goes by Swaggy P – I think, dude, Mozgov might be going, man, dude, I miss I miss the LeBron. I miss the man. I miss the men versus these boys. I think there might be some of that. Sure, and there's probably a little bit of the Los Angeles Lakers right now saying, like, shut up here, $65 million. I don't right. care. I, 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 yeah. I really do not care what you the, say. Like I said, I don't think Mozgov's – I don't think he has no. enough power to, to, to move his weight around that way. If LeBron went somewhere, or if even Kyrie Irving left the Cavaliers, went somewhere else that was, like, their star point guard, and he went around and he said, dude, this isn't right. I think people would listen. I think they go, oh, okay, well, w- w- what were you guys doing there? Like, how'd they do it? Where Mozgov, I think they're just like, dude, nobody can even understand what you're yeah, saying. shut up, you Russian spy. We know you hacked the election. Um, hey, maybe he's hacking the NBA vote. Possibility, the NBA vote. That's a possibility Mozgov's going right to hack now. the NBA vote. Um, well, before we get off basketball, I just want to throw a shout-out to the Canton Charge. Six straight victories in a row. Didn't they, they win up, by, like, 25 the other night? 46, dude. Their biggest victory, margin of victory in their history of being a franchise. They won by 46 points on Saturday night. Oh Hashtag my God. charge up. That's huge. One more basketball story, just real quick. We're not going to get real deep into this, but uh, the thoughts uh, of the Stansbury Show are obvious with, uh, obviously uh, with J.R. Smith and his family as that 
uh, boy, baby born premature. My family's been through this. My brother went through this, um, and uh, that child uh, sadly lost uh, her life. And it can be a thing. I mean, it can be a very challenging, trying thing for any family. It's tough. Such a difficult thing, a premature baby. And I think uh, their son was born four months early or five months yeah, early. Yeah. Um, you'll hear stories of. Oh my God! They went on to live a normal, happy, healthy life, and it's like, oh, thank you. And then there's stories like what your brother had of 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 you know things going the worst. And so. dude, you wouldn't believe what my brother and his wife had to do to like make sure that they were handling it right with one another and made sure that their marriage was shocked because the, on, because you can blame one another. You can get to the point where you're just angry and nobody can angry explain it, yeah. and you're just mad at one another and you're arguing. I mean, the the amount of work I watched my brother and his wife do on their marriage after that, honestly, it, it's it's to be applauded because I'm not sure I'd be able to do it. I'm not sure I'd be able to make it through on the other side of that. So, JR, uh, our thoughts are obviously with you and yours this morning after hearing about that. Our thoughts are obviously with Florida. We bag on Florida a lot. This time we're not gonna. If you haven't heard, there was a major incident at one of their airports. Uh, we'll get into that and where the FBI probably fell down on the job just a little bit. We'll do that next on the Sandsbury Show. No 6 9 Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. If you're a WWE fan, 7.30, you want to be right here as we're going to pass out a pair of tickets for that event on the 22nd out at uh, the Canton Civic Center there. We'll get you into the building. That is a Monday Night Raw event. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Owens is going to be there. Who's the other guy's name? Roman Reigns? He'll be there. Seth Rollins will be there. Roman Str- or Braun Strowman will be there. I don't know who that is. He's this huge guy. He's one of their like uh, young up and comers, but the who's, dude's mammoth. Who's the next guy? Who's like the next guy coming? Hmm. Next dude coming up the Monday Night Raw. I, I mean, it, Strowman's getting this push right now, okay. so I, I would probably, probably put him, him there. Okay. I'd probably put him there. It seems like they're trying to get him involved with. Uh, Does he have what it takes to be a heavyweight champion? I don't think so. No, in, in a fictional sport? No, I don't know. He, he doesn't have what it takes. Has what it takes. He's a giant, though. I know he fought with Brock Lesnar last night, or I was going to be fighting with Brock Lesnar on Raw. So is that right? Yeah. You have to excuse me here. I'm looking for right. something because I want to read it to you, people. You want me to WrestleMania a little bit more? No, no, you want no. me to WWE a little, little got, bit more? I, I can talk about it. I got it. The Golden Globes were last night. Oh yeah. And uh, we were all set to talk about this this Florida tragedy, and we probably still will. But uh, but Fantone and I are big fans of the Donald uh, J. Trump Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. His, Donald, he's out there. His Twitter account. We just like the account. It's funny. Sometimes it's funny. And Meryl Streep went on, and it kind of had to, you know, do these award shows. You get 7,000 liberals in a building, and before long, they're all just, you know, saying stuff. And I get it. I'm not arguing. Fine. Have your award show. Say whatever you want. I'm probably more inclined to agree with more of what you say than disagree with it. Honestly, I probably am. But she was up there and she was kind of going off about like the death of journalism and how Donald Trump's going to ruin that. And it's like, guys, we've been talking about the death of journalism well before he announced his run for president. It's like we're now attacking this guy for everything now. Nail in the coffin? Maybe. But it's like, guys... we. He, we didn't need this nail in the coffin. Journalism's been dead for about five years, five, six years. We've been talking about this. Long, long time we've been talking about this. We were talking about, dude, we were talking about this in 2010 at my last, like, full-time radio job. When I worked mornings at NCX, we were talking about this. This has been forever. It's just, it, dude, it's a hot thing now to blame Donald Trump for everything is my point. Like, look, this guy, there's my point in this. This guy's going to give you more than enough to bitch about. You don't need to pile on. He gives you enough. But he now takes to Twitter just about 
45 minutes ago now, fans out. Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood, doesn't know me, but attacked me last night at the Golden Globes. She is a, and then he doesn't write anything. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It follows up for a second tweet. Hillary Flunky, who lost big for the 100th time. I've never mocked a disabled reporter, would never do that. Just simply showed him groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story that he had written in order to make me look bad. If I remember correctly, he was actually kind of right about that one. Now, I believe he was mocking him a little. I believe he was mocking him a little. But if I remember the facts of that story right, that guy had that story wrong. Now, I could be wrong about that because that was like a year ago. But if I remember correctly, that guy had that story about him wrong. And we all had to like kind of backpedal that 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 week. I remember that. I I, I don't remember the context of like what that was about. But dude, making he still he, he still, still did it. I, I believe <laughs> that there was still some of that in there. Yes, I'm not I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying we've been talking about this death of media thing forever. This isn't a Donald Trump issue. It's just everybody likes to do that now because well, it's hot, it's easy, and it's easy to do at an award show you know award show stage. Totally easy to do that. You're not risking anything doing that from that stage last night. Not at all. It's easy. So we can like we can dial down the oh my god, Meryl Streep is my spirit animal. We can dial it down. We can dial it down just a little bit. She's not doing anything, she's not blazing any trails up there. Alright. So the brother of the guy accused of going on a shooting rampage. Esteban Ruiz Santiago is the guy's name. He was 26 years old. Saturday, January the 7th, this year, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, went on a shooting spree, killing five people, uh, and they questioned his brother on Saturday. And they talked to his family, obviously, as they're going to do. Now, it turns out his brother is now saying that partially to blame here is the FBI. And his brother wants to know why he was allowed to keep his gun after U.S. authorities knew he had become increasingly paranoid and was hearing voices. Now, I will tell you, I don't know what all the gun laws are. I don't know what they screen you for. I'm going to be finding out. I'm going for my CCW here in February. I'm going to get a full-on access to this very, very soon. And uh, so, but, but I don't know what everything is. I don't know as it sits now. But I can tell you, if you're telling law enforcement officials that you're hearing voices, I have a little issue with you carrying a gun around. I, I mean, I, again, it would, it, would worry. it would be a cause of concern for me. He had, contr- he had trouble controlling his anger, Esteban Santiago did, after serving in Iraq and told his brother that he felt he was being chased and controlled by the CIA, by the CIA through secret online messages. He told agents at an FBI field office about his paranoid thoughts back in November. He was evaluated over a four-day period. He was then released without any follow-up medication or therapy. That doesn't sound right. Now, again, I'm not an expert, but if you read that, That doesn't sound right to me. Now, Brian Santiago, the guy's brother, said the FBI failed right there. We're not talking about someone who emerged from out of nowhere to do something like this. He says this is the the warning signs were there. The red flags were there is, is what he's saying. The brother said the federal government already knew about this for months. They had been evaluating him for a while, but they didn't do anything. He's noticed his brother behaving differently when he returned home from Iraq, which, again, is a pretty common story. We see that quite a bit. He couldn't control his anger. You could tell something had changed in him, he said. He said uh, when his brother went in Alaska last August, he uh, told him he was hearing voices and he felt like he was being chased. Now, authorities in Alaska 
defended their interactions with Esteban Santiago. And uh, FBI special agent in charge Marlon Ritzman told a news conference that Santiago broke no laws when he walked into the Anchorage, Alaska FBI office making disjointed comments about mind control. Uh, they characterize Santiago as a walk-in complaint, which he said uh, offices around the country receive daily, which I would bet that they do. Sure, of course. I, I, I would bet that they do. Anchorage police were called to the office by the agency. They told uh, Santiago he was having uh, terroristic thoughts and believed he was being influenced by the so-called Islamic State group and was taken to a mental health facility. City Police Chief uh, Tali said Santiago had left a gun in his vehicle. He went to the FBI office with his newborn child. Police held the gun until uh, he was released and contacted him about picking up the weapon, which he did uh, on December the 8th. So he was questioned and evaluated November back into, and then no, December goes back, gets the gun. Now, authorities at this point would not confirm whether he used the same gun Friday. There is speculation that it is the same, the same gun. I've also heard now, since this has happened Saturday, that the guy flew from Alaska to Florida, only had one piece of luggage, which was the gun. Now, I don't know how rare that is. Seems pretty rare. I've, I, I've, I only fly about probably three times a year, but I have seen in line somebody not have enough luggage and be asked about it. I don't know what the rule of the, you know, the TSA and all that stuff is, but I would imagine that that probably puts you on a list of some sort, right? I would think. Uh, well, well, but I mean, non-law enforcement official. The only thing you're traveling with is a locked handgun case. Is that enough to take that right away from everybody? I mean, as we get into like talks of gun rights and we get into talks of Second Amendment, is it going to be okay when a no. a, a veteran says a veteran of the military says, "Hey, I'm having some mental health issues. Can we just take all their guns away?" No. So you I, know what I mean? So, so like, I know it's tricky. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it, it it's one of these things where it's like I would. I would have flicked, I don't know, there's our secret bat switch, but like something where I'd be like, let's keep a, an eye on well, this. Yes, and obviously I think the real problem here is uh, the guy expressed that he was having mental health issues. And, and then, then we let him have the gun, he could have killed himself. More than letting him have the gun, we just said, all right, go back out into the world, no no further appointments, no, no medication, further medication. Right. That's, that's where we're we, falling down we, on the job with veterans. We failed this guy. Right. Right. And mm. let's be honest, we're, we're failing a lot of people this way, I bet. I guess I you, I, it, you don't agree into a weird territory where we talk about failing the dude who just shot up a, 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 a you know a, an airport. Okay, I bet that statement didn't land well for a lot of people. Okay, but if this dude was if, if this dude was from another country, we wouldn't be talking about oh well we failed him there because we we attacked his country and blah blah. blah. Oh, dude, a lot of people in this country aren't going to say that. I mean, a lot of people's racism in this country is going to stop them from saying. So that. it's just you know the fact that this guy's a veteran, the fact that this guy's Hispanic, the fact that this guy is there's just a lot of layers to this where I'm like I don't know where I go on this. I don't know where this land. He claims he was being controlled, and that there was mind control stuff happening here. Now I don't mean to be paranoid, okay. But we've seen plenty of movies about this. And you mean to tell me that the U.S. government, we're going to pick a dude, we're not going to pick a 26-year-old, and we're not going to pick a 26-year-old Latino kid? Of course we are. Uh, sure. Could there have been experiments? I'm not I'm not going totally down the paranoid thing, but I, I'm saying I don't put it past my government. I think much more likely than that, though, in my opinion, is this guy went over, was uh, uh, you know on the front lines of, of the battle lines here and dealt with things yes. that, that you know, more likely. mentally disturbed him. So, I, you know, I just don't. 
there's there's a part of me that that's like, oh, well, this is so so clear cut and dry, and 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 obviously this guy's terrible, and just go to jail forever. And and but like, there's you know, like I said, there's just different layers to this, which make it make this story more complicated. I'm gonna float an idea right now that might be extremely stupid. Okay, and I have put absolutely zero thought into it. It just came into my mind right now, and okay. that's why, like, I haven't put a lot of thought into this, so I might be crazy here. But it seems to me in the armed services we we have a lot of things, right? Like we obviously feed soldiers, right? right. We obviously have mess halls and they right. eat, right? Right. Because that's something that you need. Your body needs that to be able to continue. Okay. When are we going to start to deploy head doctors, shrinks, and psychiatrists in the combat with these guys to where we can start having group therapy so we can start to prevent this stuff before they get home? I know it sounds crazy. Yeah, right. I mean, no thought went into it. First thought of my mind, and there it is. So I I might be way off base here, but I mean, really? I I mean, it's going to save us in the end, right? Try, uh, well, I mean, save us in the end, but what are you giving up in the moment in the sense of like, all right, so now we're putting all these resources and taking psychiatrists and making sure they're secure, and and these people are in battle in that moment. So now all of a sudden you've got, you know, 10 Marines sitting around talking about their feelings. I don't know if that's necessarily going to fly in Iraq. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might have a hard time. You might, the, the argument might be, no, 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 we need these dudes to stay in the moment. Right. We need them to right. stay on top and stay. Okay, okay. Again, like I said, I, I, it's not something I thought about all weekend or whatever and was like, this is the best idea ever. Just kind of thought about it live in the moment. It was like, I wonder about this. It just, dude, it just sucks. I mean, the fact that this guy is a veteran and the fact that this guy, um, you know, mentioned ISIS and mind control and all these different things. And right. it just, it really does shine a light on like what people face when they get home. I mean, you know, in in my mind, it's like, yeah, dude, well, you're out of the army now and you can come, you know, have whatever job you want and do whatever you want. And it's like, no, dude, these people are dealing with real scars and real ghosts in their lives that obviously have drove this dude to to committing one of, you know, a terrible crime. Yeah, it's uh, I think we got to We definitely have to do more for the mental uh, health well-being uh, of the people that fight these wars. We just have to. We're seeing we're seeing uh, problems now. We can't turn our backs on this, can we? I mean, we have a history. I mean, we have a history of turning our backs on serious issues in America. We do have a history of that. But I would like to see this get turned around so we don't have any more of this. That was a sad, sad altercation. We do have WWE tickets. You'll have them next on the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. If you're looking for a new banking institution, I urge you to take a look at CSC Federal Credit Union. 100% local. All right here in Stark County. Every member lives in Stark County. People that run the banking institution, all right here in Star County. If you're looking for a loan, home or auto, nobody can beat CSE's rates. You can check out more info, CSEFCU.com. Or just check out the location I use, which is right on Market Avenue, right outside of downtown there. Now with a walk-up ATM, they have coin counting machines in every single one of their venues. Walk in, pull the change in, you get your money. Members of the credit union, you're paying nothing to use it. Non-members, just 5%, far lower than what you pay at those grocery stores. Like I said, if you're shopping around loans, check out CSEFCU.com. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll talk to him at 8 a.m. Get to uh, look at some sports things happening. Uh, The Browns did what I wanted them to do. I asked and I received. I wanted them to fire our defensive coordinator, Ray Horton, and we've done it. And we've hired Greg Williams, famously from Bounty Gate. (laughs) And uh, in New Orleans with the Saints, we'll talk to him about that again. Though, uh, as of most recently, was running the Rams defense out in Los Angeles. People make fun of the Rams because they weren't any, any good, and they weren't any good, except for the defense was ranked ninth in the NFL. Pretty solid out there. 
And if you look at their drafting of defensive talent, they did a pretty good job on that side of the ball. So I'm going to choose to stay optimistic. I have no idea if Greg Williams is going to get his turnaround or not on that side of the ball, but I'm going to choose to stay optimistic. We'll get Scott's take at 8 a.m. this morning. I don't know anything about this, okay? But apparently today is one of these days of the year where it's like every day has like its thing now. Okay. But apparently this has been around a while, and I don't know anything about this. Apparently today is Blue Monday. And I didn't know about this. I, I know the song. Blue I was going to say, like the song, or, or what, what do we got going on here? I once worked at a radio station. This is a true story. I once worked at a radio station, classic rock station, where Blue Monday, I believe that's Foreigner, is it not? New Order. New Order. New Order. Oh, I'm, we're talking about different songs. I'm talking about Blue Monday, Blue Day, or whatever. It's by Foreigner. It was like the best testing record at that radio station, which is, which is crazy. Yeah, these are different songs, but okay. yeah, this is Blue Monday by Orgy. New Order, Orgy re-recorded Orgy it. redid it, that's right. I thought, sorry, I would have just assumed we would have had Orgy's version. I don't know why I would have thought that. But apparently today, January the 9th, is the most depressing day of the year, and that's why it's called Blue Monday. And this is one of these like things that has just been told to you so many times that you just start to believe it, like your parents told you and you, you just kind of bought it. Like... um like Genesis and Exodus and all those things. Uh, but Snopes has now figured this out. And I don't know if you can believe Snopes or not, but people seem to. They say that this is 100% false. There is no extra special day that makes you any more depressed than any other day. Yeah, why would today be like the depressing day? I don't get why a particular day would be. I get why during certain parts of the year, and I had to be like turned around on this. On the seasonal effectiveness disorder, I had to be turned around on that. Like where people buy like those blue lights and turn them on in their desk so it gets into the side of their eye. Now, as more and more science came out, I started to get turned around. I could kind of believe it. I can understand people getting more depressed around the winter. I do. But I can't buy the fact that one, and now according to Snopes, I don't have to, that one particular date is any more miserable than the others. The most depressing day of the year would be tax day, right? (laughs) <laughs> that, that, that would be the that would be the most depressing day of the year, right? Well, no, dude. People are getting more money. People get money in their in their checking accounts, man. There, it's not depressing. That's that's a celebration, man. I'm getting a new car. I'm getting a new couch. I'm getting new everything. It just tax seems day. like it just seems like people bitch about tax day quite a bit. Which it's worked out for, well for me the last couple of years. Like I got a bunch of money back the last two years, so like I can't complain. Which, by the way, our our W 2s should be coming out soon, soon, right? Yeah, I mean it's January. It's I want January. I yeah. want to get that done super fast this year. I uh. January's a long month. The weather sucks. Yeah, the weather's people, bad. People are over the holidays at this point. So at the end of the day, really, you're broke because of December. You're fat because of December. You're pale as hell because it's the middle of winter. Not a lot to be excited about, I suppose. No, I mean, spring's still far away. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, just, it just doesn't feel like it's anywhere around the corner. I cannot wait for outdoor golf. It's, I'm miserable, dude. I won't see. I can understand what people are having a blue Monday today, then. It's a depressing time. It's just, I before Snopes, if somebody would have said to me, you know, January 9th, that's the saddest day of the year, I'd have been like, no, it isn't. How do they? How do they know that? How do they know that? They don't know that. They're guessing that. They don't know that. Which I guess, if you can't figure it out, how could you disprove it? But Snopes says no. I, I've just never noticed being any more miserable on this day. Just constantly miserable. 
It's just a baseline of misery. It's a Stansberry show. Oh my God, the things people will believe. Earth created in seven days and January 9th is the, is the most depressing day of the year. Oof. I can't believe those two things were floated and believed. We have WWE tickets. We'll pass those out right now. Call our 10 1 800 243 7625. We'll pass those out. Sons of Anarchy fans, you need to be careful before stepping out of your house. We'll clue you in as to why next on the Stansbury. Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. We're online for EWRQK.com. Leo wants to know if we got into the Meryl Streep stuff yet. We did a little earlier this morning to start the program. We'll do it again at at 9 o'clock. I apologize. I'm trying to track down the audio. I can't do that from my side of the board. Apparently, I'm the one radio dude in the country that they don't feel like should be able to play things from his computer for his audience over the air. Apparently, I'm the one dude in the country where that isn't the thing. Uh, So we will track down that audio, get it edited, get it put in another program, and then I'll have somebody else play it for you since I can't do that. Three years into my gig. Wow. Nine o'clock, win your way onto the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll pass out a trip to Los Angeles at 9 a.m. At 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on Greg Williams, uh, the new hire by the Browns to run the defense. It's going to be interesting. Going to be an interesting thing there. You're going to hear a lot about Bounty Gate. I would imagine it's going to be uh, it's probably going to be in the newspapers quite a bit for the next few weeks there. We all have TV shows that we love and that we hold dear. I'm a Game of Thrones person. Uh, before that, I was a big Sopranos person. Uh, we all have shows that we love and that we idolize. Um, I own merchandise from Game of Thrones. I, uh, I have uh, some old merchandise from uh, the Sopranos and shows like that. And one of these shows that really caught the attention of everybody in the country for a long time was The Sons of Anarchy. People love that show. And uh, that was, you know, it was a big program. And it, uh, for those of you that don't know, it all surrounds like this motorcycle gang club is what they're called. You can't call them gangs. People get really pissed, even though they're called one percenters proudly, but whatever. And uh, it's all about this motorcycle club. And you watch this show and you're like, there's no way. Because if you've never lived in a small town where like a where like a group of dudes like that can take over, you just wouldn't believe that. I've talked plenty about how I've lived in, in the middle of nowhere, Oregon, and legitimately it was the middle of nowhere, Oregon. And the, the local motorcycle club there ran the town. Like they ran the town. When those dudes were on their bikes and they were rolling through town, everybody was like, you could feel the... It, it would get tense. And I'm not even going to tell you the name of the group because I've had problems with motorcycle clubs before and they show up to the radio station and it becomes a deal and it's it's just bad news, right? So I'm not going to tell you the name of the group, but the, it was. The, that town was kind of controlled by that group. And Sons of Anarchy kind of takes you into that fictional world of where a town that's kind of overtaken by this motorcycle group. And it became like all the rage. and Everybody loved this show. And apparently they sell like these jackets like these leather, like they're called cuts is what they're called in the world. They're leather vests, and on the back is the patch of the motorcycle club, and on the front it has like the tag of like your name and like where you are in the group. And the scariest person you'll ever see in a motorcycle gang, group, club, whatever you want to call them, if you see a tag that says prospect, run. Because that dude is out to prove that he can hang with the rest of the club, and that's the dude that's most likely to cause the most trouble because he's trying to get the attention of the club members. You see a prospect tag, run, because those dudes are out to prove themselves. Okay, So they sell these things for Sons of Anarchy. And it's like a leather vest, and it's a cut or whatever, and it's got, like the, it's got the Sons of Anarchy logo on the back of it. A biker rolled up on a dude 
at a gas station who is wearing one of these things and starts like giving them the business about it. It was like screaming at him. You take that jacket off. You didn't earn it. You're not a member of a, of a motorcycle club. You didn't earn that. He said, you should be real careful wearing that. He said, uh, you're lucky this is the middle of daytime. I'm just letting you know, though, you shouldn't effing wear that because you didn't earn it. A lot of people died to wear patches on the back of their vests. The biker then said he was insulting the sons of anarchy by wearing the vest with no affiliation. And maybe this biker didn't know that this was a TV show, though. I don't know how you wouldn't know that a show was made about the world you care mostly about. I don't know how you wouldn't know that. I don't know. You don't have cable. You're just making meth in the basement all day, maybe, right? <laughs> I, I, it's possible. Right? Sure, yeah, it's possible. The man then responds by going, bro, it's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. And again, man, the biker replied, it's a nice present from your girlfriend. I get it. But for your own sake, I'm giving you a freebie right now. You shouldn't wear that. There's a lot of guys out there who ride for real clubs. This conversation would go a lot differently with them, he said. Now, here's the thing. That's true. There are guys who take this world very, very seriously because for them, it's very, very serious. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's money and it's 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 your life and it's it's your like it's it's people getting killed. So, like, yeah, I can understand why motorcycle gang members find more motorcycle gangs to be a very serious thing. I mean, I know this sounds crazy to you, okay? But let's change it. If there was a famous show about the Bloods and the Crips, right. and you wore the Crips outfit outside of your house because you like the show, guess what's going yeah. to happen? A drive-by is going to happen. You're going to get hurt doing that. And so you have to think about this a little bit. Like I said, dude, when I, when I lived, I remember it was like the first week we were there. And we just opened a bar, and so do you know biker clubs? They want to establish a relationship with the new people, and they're going to ask you for a favor, and they're going to want this stuff. So the head of the club walks in. And, uh, and my brother like rode with a lot of motorcycle clubs back in the day. So he pulled me in the back office. He was like, dude, if you see those guys with those jackets and those colors, he's like, look, I know you're a smart ass. I know you got a lot of, he's like, you're good with the, he's like, I'm telling you right now, dude, these guys will take you on the back and they'll shoot you in the head and they won't even think twice about it. You need to think about what it is you're saying. And sure enough, man, those guys walked into the bar and everybody else in there just got real tight. It was like the air came out of it. And not until those guys left did anybody breathe. This stuff happens in America, man. I mean, just just in the in the sense of self preservation. And there's a woman that works here, and she'll wear a Sons of Anarchy hoodie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, at least that's a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? It's on the front. And you're not presenting it. Although, still, still, at the end of the day, the last thing I would want is to be shot over a, a, a television TV show, show right? right? And the last thing I would want is for there to be some sort of you know miscommunication about like, oh, you know, some guy driving by on a motorcycle doesn't see it clearly and is like, oh, dude, I'm shooting that guy. So. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> a guy that listens to the program all the time, his first name is Scott. Not going to give you his last name. But his first name is Scott, and he listens to the program all the time. Nicest guy you'll ever meet in the entire world. Rides with a motorcycle club here in Canton, Ohio. Now, there, I want to make this abundantly clear so I don't get hate mail. There are obviously motorcycle clubs that have nothing to do with the criminal elements in the world. Okay, There are obviously guys who just get together and ride, and they even wear the jackets. They do all the stuff, but they're not involved in crime. Right? Those, those clubs I know for sure exist. I know they do because my father, being a minister, was involved in one of them. I know for sure that they can exist, okay? So I'm not saying every biker out there is a meth runner and criminal. I'm not, okay? But the story is this guy who rides for a local club here gave Fantone and I some t-shirts. And it's got the state of Ohio on the back, and it's got their tag. It's got all their stuff. And I was like, knowing what I know, having lived in a place where, like I said, the motorcycle club ran the town, 
I was like, I don't like when I wear that to Walmart, I put a jacket on over top of it. Because if you see one of those club members and they don't know, I don't know what their group is. I don't know. I've never the only one, one I know is that guy. I assume they're all up and nice guys, but I don't want to be just stand somewhere and get sucker punched out of nowhere over it. No, of course not. Was this dude in the story? Was he on a bike or was this just No, he was filling up gas in his car. Filling up the sedan. <laughs> filling up the sedan. All right. So this is like a chubby dude drinking a polar pop, wearing an affliction shirt, talking about how he's gonna ground and pound you, right? I mean like so this dude was not a biker. This dude was not. This was just. I mean, he. If you saw him not standing next to a car, you might think he rides. Like if you didn't see the Sons of Anarchy tag on the back of it, you just saw the cut. You might go, okay, that's he okay, rides. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that makes it even worse, probably. You know what I'm saying? If you look like John Accountant over there, and you're some nerd wearing a Sons of Anarchy thing, maybe you can like, ah, dude, I'm a nerd. What do you want out of me? I got khakis on, right, dude. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that might be that might be the better way to go there. We have Scott from winning for next year.com. He's uh he's waiting in the and uh well he's waiting in the wind for us. We'll talk to him about Greg Williams next on the Sansbury show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sansbury show on Rock 1069. We're online at wrqk.com. Head over there, check out this video. This guy made a fully automatic crossbow and it's awesome. It's awesome. I just tweeted it out at Sansbury shows how you follow me on Twitter too. You can see oh, it yeah. there. You can see it there. Uh, I'm hearing from one of our uh, very dedicated listeners. That if you're in Akron, do not take Route 8 south from the falls to Perkins. Apparently, it's backed up for miles. Jeez. So, uh, hearing that from somebody in their car currently. We'll have to alert the traffic department. Yeah. Yeah. Damn butthole. Live in a copter, baby. Nine o'clock, we'll get you out of the frigid cold, send you to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll do that at nine. Now, however, time to talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. My man, how are you this week? Uh, well, Monday. Pretty cold, man. Yeah, it's freezing, this, uh, right? This, this, this weather kind of blows. But yeah, other than that, I'm doing all right. It's not great. Uh, you know, speaking of the cold weather and uh, it being miserable here, do you know who misses it, though? Is Timothy Mozgov says he misses the Cavs, misses, uh, misses Cleveland. Everything was special there, he says. You know, he is not alone because uh, Mr. Mike Dunleavy, who I'm sure we'll talk about, um, he hasn't even reported to Atlanta since this being dealt. So he, is that really? Is he, that, he, that's true? He is MIA from uh, post, post-trade. post and uh, Are you allowed to do that? Um, eh, not especially, but the, uh, you know, he wants, he's hoping to negotiate a buyout. And, uh, but, you know, all indication is that not only he, but his wife and family really, really enjoyed the school systems and everything up in Cleveland. And, uh, and, you know, that's why, you know, Ty, Ty Lue, an LA guy who's built a house in, in, in Cleveland. And, uh, J.R. Smith said he's no, he's, he's a Cleveland resident going forward. And his family is going to be in Cleveland. So a lot of these guys, are you know it's not just the, it's not just the Russians and the and, and the Duke grads. It's, it's everybody who you know is, has been a part of what's going on here over the last year or so has really taken well to the city of Cleveland, and I think that speaks volumes. But yeah, I mean, good for Timo, um, but he's also you know he wasn't going to get sixty million to stay here, so no, you got to got kind of you know count the cost. Yeah, sixty million. It'll get you a good retirement in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm telling you right now, like you'll do fine, dude. If you, you want to come back, we'll we'll have you back. Yeah, but sixty million in L. A. gets you pretty right, decent right, stuff too. Right, it's like right. you know, I was saying earlier, Scott. I've lived in Los Angeles, and I said, and I've said many, many times, I would never want to live there again because on a radio salary, you can't do it. You can barely do it. If I was an NBA guy, though, you give me NBA money, and L. A. is the place. That's where I want to live. Now, if my best player was Swaggy P, I'm not sure I'd want to be there either. Yeah, no, I it's 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 definitely not the same environment culturally um right. from a locker room standpoint for him too. So I mean it's you know, you it it's funny, we we joke about it being six degrees outside and how he misses it here, but I mean it, it goes a long way when you're winning basketball games right. as and opposed he can to losing you. losing two of three every time you take to the floor. 
Scott, I'm glad you bring up the uh, Mike Dunleavy thing and how he has not reported to the Atlanta Hawks. Yet. I didn't know about Kyle this. Kyle Korver has transitioned into the uh, the Cavaliers organization, from what I from what I know. Um, is Mike Dunleavy not showing up with the Hawks? Is that any hindrance to Kyle Korver getting out onto the court for the Cavaliers? No, it just shouldn't be. I know. I know the Hawks are trying to just finalize their end. The, the, the trade's official. You know, the, Kyle Korver is officially okay. a member of the Cavaliers. Dunleavy, Mo Williams, and that protected first round pick are officially part of the Atlanta Hawks. Now it's up to them to negotiate from there with those guys. Um, you know, by just by all accounts, Corver, uh, you know, was with the team Friday, you know, didn't 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 suit up yesterday, but he should be involved, you know, pretty quick here. You know, they typically like to give these guys like one practice, you know, to kind of get in the flow of things. Sure. Um, you know, don't forget when they made that trade way back in the day and got like Wally Zerbiak and Ben Wallace and Delonte West, it was a huge deal. Um, you know, those guys traveled to that first game, but then just kind of hung out the tunnel and had a suite. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't just come, come to the arena and suit up. So it'll be soon, but it, it won't be indicative or predicated upon what Dunleavy and the Atlanta Hawks do from here. Well, thank God. I'm very excited about the Kyle Corver trade. I really am. I think the Cavs moved up in the world. Um, the, the one quick Cavs question that I did want to have you address, though, is that the Cavs do have an extra roster spot, and they have a need for a backup point guard. I've heard rumors of, of Rajon Rondo, and maybe they'll make a move for him, and I've also heard rumors that Quinn Cook from the Canton Charge is going to get a look, and maybe, uh, maybe he'll get bumped up. What do you think they should do with that extra roster spot? I think they should give give Quinn a look, um, but I am also under the belief that if they wanted him to be up here, he would have been up here by now. Right? Um, you know, he could, he could he could get the look. I prefer, I personally um, would would look to one of the banged up guys trying to come off injury, like uh, um, who's a kid from Kansas, um, uh, Mario Chalmers, who okay. already has some you know work with LeBron when they were in Miami. Um, you know, I know they had a pretty contentious relationship, but that was just because LeBron expects a lot out of his players, and I think Mario understands that and wouldn't mind winning another title. Um, the Rondo thing kind of makes me nervous, me and I, I believe in Griff, and I, I think he always makes the you know the most calculated kind of risk-reward move. I, I, I think he was right on in acquiring Dunleavy. I also think he was right in moving him because it didn't look like he was about to be a, a big part of what they wanted to do here. And Rondo, by all, by all accounts, I mean, he, he, he's fallen out of the rotation in Chicago. Um, you know, he was a big addition for them, and they are almost looking at it as addition by subtraction by keeping him out of the rotation. So I don't know how that benefits the Cavaliers here outside of LeBron saying, listen, you know, this is going to be a take-no-crap kind of situation, and you're going you're gonna to do things my way. And I, he doesn't strike me as the kind of player who's willing to listen to that, given all the teams he's played for since Boston. But that said, you know, you never know. And, and Griff, Griff made a miracle out of, out of J.R. Smith, so maybe he can do the same with Rajan. Uh, we're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com as he addresses the uh, the, the Rajon Rondo rumors there about joining the Cavaliers. I'm with you, Scott, personally. I'm I'm a little hesitant on that. I've heard this from other NBA guys, and I don't know how much I can believe this because I just don't know the NBA as well as I know other sports, but I hear um, Rondo couldn't get along with Doc Rivers, and if you can't get along with Doc Rivers, you can't get along with anyone. And uh, Doc, I don't know Doc. I've never met the man or anything, but he seems pretty personable. And I, I would see, like, if you have a hard time getting along with that guy, I could see it being a Rondo problem, not everybody else problem. I like our locker room. I don't necessarily want to bring a cancer into it. I'm with you. I'm a little scared of the Rondo thing. Um, well, don't discredit Ty Lue being the disciple of Doc Rivers. I mean, the, the yeah. two of everything Ty ah. Lue does from a coaching standpoint I has a little Doc Rivers it. in it. And if uh, you, you, could, you could bet your A that there will be discussions between those two men before or during any sort of negotiations with a guy like Rajat One would hope, yeah. Uh, let's move to the sport everybody in this town seems to care about. Uh, that's football. 
Uh, the Browns making moves. And they did what I wanted them to do. I thought Ray Horton was was outmatched in every game that he coached this year. And they've released him from his duties. And we're bringing in Greg Williams. And people are going to scream about Bounty Gate. And it's obviously part of his history. And I totally understand him. He, was, he ran that New Orleans Saints defense that was caught. Kind of like putting uh, you know money for hits on, on players or whatever. And you're going to hear about Bounty Gate. And I think you should. Uh, it's part of his history for sure. But his most recent history was being the defensive coordinator for the ninth-ranked defense in the league, which was the Los Angeles Rams, which if we were ranked ninth in defense this year, I would have taken away that as a win. Are you excited about Greg Williams? So it's, it's going to be a big undertaking from the, 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 the defense. The Rams three, four to the, to the defense four, three, that they're, right? they're, they're moving to. And they're, so, but the, the issue is it's not, you know, because the Browns ran a lot of four-man fronts. Okay. You know, the, the, the difference is, and I'm not going to get too nerdy here, but the gap assignments and, and their and their responsibilities within those defenses, you know, you know, defensive tackles in the middle, like a Danny Shelton, his job at the at you know in a three four is just to take on two blockers and let everybody else you know do the work. Um, you know, in a four three, he's going to be over you know a different a different hole and different gap, and he's going to have to do different things and get to the get to the quarterback and do things like that. So, the issue that, that I'm concerned about is do they have the players best suited for this defense? Um, by all accounts. No. Uh, you ask any player who's played for Greg Williams, and they will tell you the guy makes you want to run through a wall for him. And I believe you know, it. I, I, I don't. He's been a head I, coach. You know, go ahead. He's been a head coach, and, he, and he's ran a bunch of good defenses. I can totally believe it. I watched him on Hard Knocks last year, and you knew the Rams weren't going to be any good. But, I mean, when he was addressing his team and when, when, they, when the camera was on him in his meetings, I mean, he was telling those guys, you either produce or I'm firing your ass. And I think you kind of need that. Well, he keeps a board in the locker room of stats, like so everybody knows where everybody is at oh, any I point like in it. time, and it's almost like oh, an I accountability like list. I and, like it. and I have something like that similar in my office. And anytime you go into a meeting with your boss, if you're sixth on a list of seven or seventh on a list of seven, you know, and everybody else in that office knows that you're not carrying your own weight. And it's it's an accountability driven system that I think this team could really use. the The issue is, are you going to get some veterans to buy in? I don't know. The, the catch there is there's not many veterans on this team. And if these young guys buy into this system, you know, you, you talk to guys like Scott Fujita, you talk to guys like James Laronite, if anybody who's played for him at any point says nothing but good things about him. Um, you know, Scott Fujita will defend him to this day about the bounty gate. Thing. Right. And, you know, the league, obviously, he, he paid his penance. He was out of the league for a year. You know, he did, he did, he did, his, you know, he did his time. And, you know, he's taken that really, really bad St. Louis or L.A. team, however you want to call it, over the last three years. And, and they're around. not losing football games because of their defense. No. They're very, very good defensively. They, they made Russell Wilson look like a piker. There's a lot of good things that he has done over there. It's just a matter of turning these guys into that system. They gave Tom Brady fits, the Rams did, uh, in, in that one game. And uh, like my audience is now reaching out to me via Twitter and saying that the Rams D so loaded, it doesn't matter who the coordinator is. The Browns need the talent. And what I just responded back to this guy and said is, yeah, but Greg Williams helped draft that defense that's loaded. He can evaluate the defensive talent. And I, I, I think that's the Browns' biggest problem right now. I, like, I think our coach is great. 
I, I really do. I think he was going to be great. I think, honestly, I'm not sure Sashi Brown has any idea how to look at a football field and tell you whether or not a guy can play. I think Greg Williams can look at a football field and tell you whether or not a defensive player can play. And we need that. We need to be able to evaluate talent. Sashi has kind of proven already that he doesn't really know how to do it. And I think the more and more people you add into the, into the organization that can spot great talent is going to help us become a better football team. I want to talk to you about Pep Hamilton on the other side of the ball, offensive side of the ball. Now, Jim Harbaugh up in Michigan's already telling his new recruits Pep Hamilton's leaving the Browns and he's going to start. He's going to be on Michigan staff. Is that going to happen? Yeah, I think with their smoke, there's fire here. Um, the Browns want him to stay, but I also think they'd have a better chance of having him stay if they weren't a one in fifteen team trying Absolutely. to sell right. against one of the most storied franchises or 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 or, or units or however schools, whatever you want to call them. A team in, that's in the NCAA. Building. Um, there, it's going to be very, very difficult to keep him here, uh, which, which is a shame. But to that point, I mean, you know, the, 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 uh, Hugh Jackson's calling the plays. Um, okay. You know, they, they want Pep here because, he, you know, there, there is stability. They, they do think they can do something with this offense given a quarterback. But, you know, Hugh's calling the plays. And as long as you have that guy and calling the, you know, I, I think you're okay. Um, you know, the question will be who do they who do they promote to that to that offensive coordinator position? And it's it's not easy to get a new person unless you promote from within. It's not easy to hire from outside saying, Hey, be the offensive coordinator, by the way, you just don't have any in game responsibilities. You know what I mean? So I think there's there's it's gonna be tough to sell that to someone outside to to replace him. But I do I do think to answer your question, he's 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 pretty much gone. Okay, well, there it is. Pep Hamilton out. Greg Williams is in on the defensive side of the ball. Again, I, I, I don't know if, it's, if he's going to turn around overnight or whatever, but I, I like this hire. I do. I like the fact that he, he has head coaching experience. Um, everywhere he's gone, the defense has been really good. Wherever he's been, the defense hasn't been the problem. And I'll take coaches that have been released from positions and from jobs as long as where they were last, that side of the ball wasn't their problem. And uh, Greg Williams joining the uh, Brown staff as the defensive coordinator. There's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. My man, we will talk to you again next Monday at 8 a.m. Sounds good, you guys. Take care. Take care. Uh, anything all uh, local sports related, you need to check out waitingfornextyear.com. Some of the best reading you will have. We are evolu- uh, evolutionary species. I talk about it all the time. The world shall change. It's who we are. We need to stop being uncomfortable with it and just let things settle and figure it out. And the wedding is something that is going to be completely reworked as this new generation starts to get older, starts to get married. I'll tell you how next on the Sandsbury 6 9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Fantone just reminded me, dude, we're off a week from today. Betcha. Uh, Martin Luther King Day there. MLK. I completely forgot about that. Civil rights era, baby. That's a big one. That is a big one. Uh, we will uh, we will take that day off in observance of that. Black is showing Canton, baby. Damn right. <laughs> can't believe nobody's ever called us out. Never got in trouble for that. I can't believe it. We are the blackest show in Canton, dude. I mean, aside from Ron Ponder's show, maybe Ron Ponder's blacker. Other than that, I don't know anybody who's even close. Pam and Gary, they ain't blacker than us. Uh, dude, let's, uh, I, dude, I'd go, I, dude, I'd, I'd go on the air a little, uh, little black history, uh, versus Ron Ponder. If we could throw in, uh, the hip hop culture and TV shows, I bet, I bet I can, uh, former head of the Stark County NAACP, Ron Ponder. Yeah, I think we could go, maybe we could go. Honestly, of everybody I ever crap on on the other radio stations in Northeast or in Canton, Ohio, Ron Ponder's one dude I never will. Got nothing but respect for that guy.
people are like, who the hell is Ron Ponder? What are you right. talking nobody, about? What are you, even, nobody, what are you talking about, idiot? Nobody has any idea who Ron Ponder is. <laughs> Including his management. <laughs> dude, I have a guy on my Twitter that won't let this Ray Horton thing go. He's like, dude, he's like, you're an idiot. Ray Horton's been around 30 years. He's a great defensive coordinator. We don't have the players. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And he showed me here, and he might be right about this, that Greg Williams' defense on, on points given up the last five years is ranked 13th, 14th, 16th, and 13th. Okay. The way the NFL really looks at it is yards per play. Show me yards per play on Greg Williams' defense. If it's still around middle of the pack, then, I'll, then, I'll, then I'm with you. I'm not defending. I'm not, like, pro-Greg Williams. I'm just anti-Ray Horton. And uh, are the Browns not looking to be middle of the pack? Right? I mean, like, right? I, mean, I, think that, I mean, dude, I would take the 15th-ranked defense over the, what were we this yeah. year? I don't know. Where, I don't know. So We're I don't want to speak to Not good. Not good. My guess is we weren't 15th or higher would be my guess. I don't know, but I know yards per play is how NFL execs really evaluate their defense. Not points given up, not it's yards per play. And show me yards per play in the red zone on Greg Williams' defense because that will show you if they tighten up the field in the red zone, that will tell you how his defensive schemes work. You ask where were the Cleveland Browns ranked in defense? I did. 32 teams in the NFL. There are. 31. There you go. 31st. You you take me from 31st to 15th in a year with a defensive coordinator, and I'm going to sign that guy for 10 years. Now, people were losing their minds and saying, like, oh, the players, the players, stands for they've got better players. Listen, of course. Do I think that, that do I think, you know, he's going to be able to come in and just totally, you know, reinvent the wheel with the Browns? No. no it's going to take some time, but I think this was the right move. I can I can support this you, move. You can't, be 30, you can't be 31st out of 32 and go, this is fine. You can't do that. Uh, Scott mentioned, and I think you tried to get onto it, but but we got somewhere else in the in the conversation. Uh, Laronitis's comments on him and he, how how Williams will bring out the best in every player. He went off on that. Was like, dude, Cleveland, you're getting a huge upgrade. This is one of the best defensive coaches in the league. And I, dude, everywhere the guy's gone, the defense has been good. The Rams were abysmal, ninth ranked defense in the league. And again, do I think the defensive coordinator drafts the talent? No. But you can't tell me that you get a career defensive coach and nobody asks him about the players they want to draft. Of course, he gives input. Yeah, I mean, having 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 a football mind introduced into the equation, I think, is a good thing, especially when you consider what the Cleveland Browns have done this year. Okay. So, yeah, it's a step in the right direction. Now i, I got to walk some of this back because he went and looked. Yards per game, it's 14th, 15th, 17th, and 23rd, middle of the pack. Okay, all right, you got me there. Yards per game... Uh, that's yards per game. I asked for yards per play. That's how the NFL evaluates it. Yards per play. And we can argue this all you want. We were 31st. You can't not make yeah. moves being 31st. You can't. You just can't not make moves. Dude, the Browns, dude, the fans are so funny. The, the fans are so funny. All year long, you want everybody fired. The moment the, the season's over, you want everybody to stay. I don't get it. I think this is a building block for the future. And the only thing I don't like is that Greg Williams has been a head coach. So what I don't want is for Hugh to feel pressure that if he doesn't get it done, they're just going to promote Greg Williams. I don't want that because I think that that can hurt your locker room. But we had to bolster this a little bit. And again, this guy's name, I don't know what his real name is, but Bolt is his Twitter handle. My man, I'm with you. Do, do the Browns need talent on the field? For sure they do. They have a bunch of middle schoolers out there. But I think Greg Williams knows what a good linebacker looks like since he won a Super Bowl with a bunch. Yeah. He knows what a good linebacker looks like. I don't trust Ray Horton. I just don't. We're going to disagree here, Bolt. You, you're a Ray Horton guy. I'm not. And I guess what we'll do here, this is what we'll do here. Is 
And I don't know, maybe Ray's been hired. Maybe he has. Show me the team that hires Ray Horton. I think that will speak volumes. Now, I know what you're going to say. Well, the Bron- dude, Greg Williams went to the Browns. And yeah, for some reason, coaches, I don't know why this is. Colin Coward talks about this all the time. And I don't know what this, I don't know what the coaching world is, what they do with this. Why these coaches rush into other jobs, I'll never understand. I'll never get it. There's six NFL jobs open right now, head coach. Maybe five now. I think some guys have been hired. Maybe five, four or five. There's not four or five good names to fill these jobs. I don't know why these, these coaches, like Colin Coward's always talking about this. Chip Kelly, sit down. Don't do anything for two years. The best college jobs are going to come open in, two, in a year and a half. You're going to be fine. But what it is, and much like the job that Fantone and I have, when you don't get to do it, it kills you. Because you're not a football coach. And people would say, oh, that's your, it's not your job. Some jobs aren't your job. Some jobs are your passion. And it kills you and it tears you apart inside not to do it. Well, and you're losing years of making millions of dollars. Well, these guys get paid to sit out. And nonetheless, I mean, if you could be making more money, I think that's, you know you have a small window of like, all right, dude, now's the time. Who knows if I'm ever going to get another high-paying job like this? I can understand. I, at least why I'm like, I, I wouldn't want to sit there unemployed as a coach. I, I, I can get that. While we're speaking about football, did you watch any NFL football yesterday? I watched it all. You watched it all. I watched it all. I watched it all. I was, uh, I, I, well, I bet a couple of the games. Well, I bet the games. Well, playoff action. Wild card round. Thoughts? Uh, I would have thought the Giants were going to play better. Yeah. I would have thought the Giants were going to play better. Smoked. And here's the thing. You had that whole photo of all those guys on the boat, right? They're all on the boat, and everybody's talking about how it's not that big of a deal. Okay? Well, in the first quarter, Odell Beckham and Shepard both dropped touchdown passes. Both. What I'm going to say about that, not a good optic, obviously looks bad. I don't know if you can really say, like, hey, this is why they, these guys are out there dropping balls, but I it know doesn't that. matter. Right? But what's the media saying? What's the New York Daily News saying today? What is that? What is their fan base saying? These guys, you got to get smarter about this stuff. I know. Oh, my God. Broadway Joe snorted blow till 3 a.m. and banged hookers. Right. Without the iPhone, he did it. Without the iPhone. Without people having a camera in their pocket. Without people being able to Facebook Live. You think if Broadway Joe, if there was Facebook Live, he would have been banging prostitutes and snorting blow? No! I don't, I don't know. He tried to bang that one chick, Susie, what was her name? Uh, right Colburn? on the sideline. He knew there was a camera in front of him. Broadway Joe didn't care. <laughs> well, that's old man. Yeah, he didn't there's care. A but there's a difference there. Do I care that Odell Beckham went to Miami on, a, on his day off? Not at all. Not at all. But you got to understand that ESPN is going to, the yeah. NFL Network is going to, yeah. Fox Sports is going to. You got to know that. And the Giants fan base is going to. They're so, going yeah. to. Yeah. They're going to. When I watched him drop that ball and it was on his hands, the, I, the, the TV guys, I think it was Aikman, was like, little air underneath that ball. I was like, oh my God, are we nitpicking Eli? He put it on his fingertips. And Odell Beckham Jr., the best wide receiver in the game, I'm told, dropped it. Just flat out dropped it. If I was Eli Manning, I'd be super pissed. Now, they ended up, now, it wasn't a touchdown game, okay? It was not a touchdown game. Aaron Rodgers ended up going off. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, honestly, I mean, you know. Best Tom, quarterback in the NFL? Uh, Tom Brady, right? But well, I know Tom Brady's going to probably go down as the best quarterback ever. I think currently, right now, playing Aaron, like this last stretch, seven, eight games, Aaron may be better. I don't know. I'd have to see the numbers. But Aaron Rodgers is something else, man. That guy's something else. He's good. I mean, just six weeks ago, we were talking about how the Packers didn't have any players. Every sports show in the world was talking about how the Packers had no players, offense or defense. 
Aaron Rodgers is putting up huge numbers with apparently nobody. I mean, everybody. Dude, six weeks ago, they were talking about whether or not Mike McCarthy was going to get fired. And then they blow out the Giants. That was a good game. Aaron's something else, man. And you just knew Miami wasn't going to beat Pittsburgh, no, right? Of course not. You just knew. I mean, you got a backup quarterback. You're just not ready. You're on, you're on the build, but you're just not ready. And they did a lot to hurt themselves. I think they gave up two fumbles, threw two interceptions. They did a lot to hurt themselves. I wanted the Steelers to lose because you're starting to hear people start to speculate about Mike Tomlin, whether or not he's a great coach. Terry Bradshaw kind of came out and said he's a cheerleader and not a great coach. And I kind of, just as a Browns fan, I kind of want there to be turmoil in Pittsburgh, in the, in the thing. And now that he won, now it's two playoff games in five years, I don't think you'll hear the chatter as much. Yeah, dude, I think that's a... Uh, I but think- you can make the argument that Tomlin is underdelivered. You've had Big Ben, a top-five quarterback, for the last six years, and you won one playoff game. Uh, but it can- you could argue that you're not... Capitalizing. A consistent contender. I mean, we're getting into hot take territory there where we're talking, if you don't win a championship, if you don't win this, if you don't win that, I mean, I, listen, I understand that's a win-loss, pass-fail league, but at the end of the day, those guys are consistently contenders. It, it, I, I think you have to kind of take a step back and really look at it and say Mike Tomlin isn't a good NFL coach, I feel like is, is pretty... I, well, I, see, we get into a weird territory. I, there's a difference between... See, because people don't use words the way they act for what they actually mean. There's a difference between good NFL coach and great. I don't think I don't think Mike Tomlin's a great NFL coach. I think he's a good NFL coach. I don't think he's great. Okay, now we're going back to this Greg Williams thing. Yards per play, okay? He has the last five years. I'm just going to give you the last two years. Greg Williams. Yards per play. Last year, eighth. The year before that, 15th. That tells me right there, his teams are at least capable of getting off the field on third down. The Browns aren't capable of getting off the field on third down. I think Greg's an upgrade. I may end up ending up being wrong. Okay, I've been wrong on a few things in in the past. Not about the Browns, though. Normally, I'm dead on about them. I think Greg Williams was a huge upgrade for the Browns to get. We'll send you out to LA for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. We'll do so at 9 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. It is bitter cold out there. It's like 13 degrees outside. Freezing cold. This time of the year, always tough to find stuff to do. That's why we're always talking to you about the high-voltage indoor carding. You can find them in Medina. They're right off the square located in the old foundry building. You can also find them online at highvoltagecarding.com. That's highvoltagecarding with a K dot com. They can be reached by phone. 800-333-9000. And listen to this, Fantone. You and I have been out there. We raced. You beat me uh, for that. Actually, the Stansbury Show Cup plaque is hanging up in the studio. Team Fantone took that one down. But out at High Voltage Indoor Karting, their winter 2017 league is coming soon. Now, that might sound like a commitment for you. It's all good. Weekly drop-in, totally welcome. Now, here's how this works. They're starting tomorrow night, January the 10th. It's Tuesday nights. Your check-in's at 6.30. Racing begins at 7 p.m. Again, if you're interested... HighVoltageCarding.com or call 1-800-333-9000. Those things fly, I believe, man. You know what? Let me make sure I'm right about that. I had so much fun out there. Like That honestly is if you're looking like, dude, what are we going to do this weekend? What do we got going on? I don't know. We got the kids this weekend. What are they going to want to do? Take them up. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, you got screaming kids in there yeah. and it's, it, it, it's freezing cold. There's nothing to do. I'm sorry. Let me. I, I'm so sorry about this. The phone number, 330. 330- 333-9000. I was giving out a 1-800 number for them. I apologize. 330-333-9000. Winner leagues starting tomorrow night. Highvoltagecarding.com. You could be, be, be weekend dad of the year. Just take your kids Damn up to right. high voltage indoor karting. I love my stepdad. He's awesome. 
Or I hate my stepdad. Derek never takes us anywhere. Derek, I hate Derek. Dad, you're the best. I want to live with you. Again, see, okay, this is what I'm talking about, Internet. This is the, this guy's tweet is exactly what I'm talking about. Don't be a hater, Stansberry. I guess you must expect that from a fan of the Brownies. Coach Tomlin is a great coach, period. Oh, we're talking about a Pittsburgh fan here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So Moses, here this is go. this is all I'm gonna this is all I'm gonna do, and then I'm gonna be done with it. If the Browns were looking for a head coach and Mike Tomlin was available, I would want him to be interviewed. Okay. I think he's a pretty good coach. It's that Rooney rule right there, right? You might as well get that out of the way, dude. Just get, just get Mike Tomlin out Eesh. there. He'll take care of it. But the guy was handed the, these are the facts. The guy was handed a Super Bowl roster. Super Bowl roster. Up until yesterday, he won one playoff game. I don't think that, with Big Ben, a transformative quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the last decade of the NFL. Some say the third best quarterback ever to play the game is Ben Roethlisberger. I think that's probably overstating it, but he's damn good. And you won two playoff games with him in five years? I, I just, I, I don't think that that speaks to great coach. I think it speaks to above average. I think he's probably above average, but I'd like to see Mike Tomlin coach a team that didn't start out with a Super Bowl roster and see what happens. I think that would be more fair. I don't think he's great. I think he's probably good. So I know you're a Steelers fan, but here's the thing, dude. You're not going to beat, you know, it doesn't matter. You're not going to the Super Bowl. You're not going to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. So there we go. Now, I bag on millennials a lot. I feel like a lot of people my age bag on millennials a lot. I'm 40, mm-hmm. and, and we do it a lot. So millennials, I'm going to get your back here, okay? Because you're you. doing something really, really smart now. You're doing something really smart. And that is you're abandoning, not marriage, but you're abandoning the wedding. And this makes all the sense in the world. Okay. I don't understand why people will put themselves in a $50,000 hole to get married. It makes no sense to me. Especially when you consider you probably just put yourself in a $50,000 hole graduating from college. You know, you're, you're, you're 24 right. years old and you just got out of college and I'm going to marry my sweetheart. You're 120 grand in the hole for nothing. And then, and then you throw a wedding on top of it. And then you throw a house on top of that after you already just got married and spent 50 grand on your wedding. And then you bang her and you got kids. And God knows that's expensive. So... Yeah, dude, there's a, there's, there's a lot of dollars getting thrown at you real quick there. So what's happening now, the trend is, and again, I always talk about this, we are evolutionary creatures, we figure things out. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening now is more and more people are just getting married at like the Justice of the Peace, Facebook living it okay. and showing so people can see it. And then they have like a small get together at like the house or like at a random location. And it's like six grand versus forty-five, $50,000 to get married. I think it makes all the sense in the world. I, I don't understand the big wedding thing. I don't get it. I, you know, obviously, I think big weddings and the concept of it—that's from a uh, an era, an era where we—I don't want to say where weddings were a little more important, but maybe you know, showing off that you had the, the the resources to have a wedding of that size and showing off how proud you were of your daughter or whatever. Of course, I'm going to spend fifty grand on this wedding because you know I've only got one baby girl. But like, like well, that said, doesn't even happen anymore. Like the like the bride's family doesn't pay for the wedding a lot anymore. So you know, like I said though, when you start adding up all those dollars together and it's like just what a terrible investment a wedding is when you consider that it's, oh, it's all, awful it's all over in 24 hours i mean Less. From like well yeah i mean yeah. from 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 the moment you wake up that day to the moment you go to bed drunk and not having sex you've wasted you know thousands and thousands of dollars countless hours and 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 resources on essentially 12 hours of people saying like oh hey hope everything turns out good for you <laughs> thanks I mean, some of these women spend $8,000 on a dress. Jesus. That makes no sense to me. Something you're never going to wear ever again. I mean, you hear about this during prom season. Like, girls will spend $300 on a prom dress they're never going to wear again. That's 300 bucks versus eight grand. 
Now, here's the thing. Ladies, here's what you got to remember. You're going to get married about three or four times in your life. Right. Why are you making the first one all this big deal? It's the la- it's your last wedding that you should be focused on. It's the third wedding. That's the one you're going to get right. Why are you spending $45,000 on the trial wedding? That makes no sense. So millennials, this is one area where the fiscal responsibility and the not just lighting money on fire because your aunt and uncle want to get hammered drunk at the open bar and watch you get married. This is one of those things, millennials, that you're doing right. I mean, and I guess at the end of the day, you can still, like you said, you can still have a party. They can have get-togethers. It just costs a lot less money. Dude, blow it out. Have have a, have a 200-person party. Rent a hall, it, right. Rent a hall. Dude, you know, drink drink Miller High Life's and, and well vodka, and, and, and you can have a good time. I just don't, you're right. I mean, to throw all that money at, at what is a, a day of your life. It just seems stupid to It me. makes no sense to me. Meryl Streep had some things to say from the stage at the Golden Globes last night. We'll break down that tape next on the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Just sent somebody out to Los Angeles to the Forum in LA for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Your next opportunity uh, to win your way out there will happen at 11 a.m. with Fishhead this morning. Music's best and brightest. Damn right. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. We'll have another opportunity for you on this show as well. Uh, up right now for you at WRQK.com is the best way to defrost your windshield in the morning uh, when it's cold. Uh, letting your car run is my method, uh, but apparently that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. I do it every morning. Uh, you're not allowed to do it. Luckily for me, I have a gated uh, parking lot where I park my car so I don't have to worry about somebody like jumping in it and like taking off in my car But because uh, you can't get out of my parking lot unless you have a garage door opener. Unless you hit that gas hard, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't know if a Honda Civic's going to take down a, uh, a steel iron gate, but uh, but not. But you know what? You couldn't put it past a criminal to try, I suppose. Right. So yeah, thank God for uh, thank God for uh, for car insurance. Nationwide is on my side, by the way. Thank God for them. But uh, if you want to defrost your windshield, you can see that wrqk.com. Also, uh, a couple of high school athletes got into a fist fight right in the middle of. Uh their competition apparently two high school runners they went to fisticuffs you can see that at wrqk.com so last night was an award show that i did not watch i'm not an award show watcher uh any longer in my life um i'm trying i i I can't even think like i would maybe watch the espies or something like that maybe um but like the golden globes and like the grammys and all that stuff i just don't care yeah i can't think of a single award show where i would be like you know what i'm doing this i'm watching this i don't know what could like i said the espies maybe but like outside of that like i don't yeah again it's four hours of people like being patted on the back i'm not sure that would be like a thing for me but especially in the age of like hey here's the list and here's the best male athlete and the best female athlete and the best and it's like dude why would i watch four hours of that you're right exactly you can skip to the end now. All right. But the Golden Globes were last night and Meryl Streep. Now, I want to say this because and it's a true statement. I love her. I think she's great. She's wildly talented. She's been in a bunch of good stuff and she's a great actress. Right. But she was on the stage last night and she had some things to say about uh, about, I believe, the upcoming presidency of Donald Trump. And uh, she's being patted on the back all over the Internet for this, of course, because that's where those people live. So let's take a listen to what Meryl Streep had to say from last night. But there was one performance this year that stunned me. It it sank its hooks in my heart. Not because it was good. It was, there was nothing good about it. But it was effective and it did its job. It made its intended audience laugh and show their teeth. It was that moment when the person asking to sit in the most respected seat in our country imitated a disabled reporter. It kind of broke my heart 
when I saw it, and I still can't get it out of my head because it wasn't in a movie. It was real life. And this instinct to humiliate, when it's modeled by someone in the public platform, by someone powerful, it filters down into everybody's life because it kind of gives permission for other people to do the same thing. Disrespect invites disrespect. Violence incites violence. When the powerful use their position to bully others, we all lose. We need the principled press to hold power to account, to, to call them on the carpet for every outrage. They do, though. That's all I heard about when this happened was that. So they are calling him in, into question. They are doing it. So I don't understand it. Why, why is everybody like loving her for this? That was the only story that was in the news that whole week. Was that and how awful it was. That was it. That was the only thing covered for six days. So they are doing it. So what are we all up on our soapboxes for patting Meryl Streep on the back for? For calling out something that already happened? For saying that we need to do something that currently happens? All I hear about is how awful this guy is. Everything I read, everything I turn on is how he's unqualified, how he can't live, how he doesn't know how to do this, how he can't put Twitter down, how he's not educated enough to lead. That's all we hear. So we're patting her on the back for calling out and saying something needs to happen that's already happening? I guess. I guess. That's why, that's why our founders enshrined the press and its freedoms in our Constitution. So I only ask the famously well-heeled Hollywood foreign press and all of us in our community to join me in supporting the committee to protect journalists because we're going to need them going forward and they'll need us to safeguard the truth. Oh, now, now, now I love this. Now I love this. Now journalists are, they have the highest of integrity. The entire to the last three years of Barack Obama's presidency, all we've heard about is how journalism's dead, how it's no good. But now it's Donald Trump that's going to ruin it. Now they're going to be ruined. No, journalism's been ruined. Bro, it's over. Trump has very publicly been against journalists. You know what I'm saying? Where Barack he, Obama necessarily wasn't. Right. No, I, I know. I, dude, that, I, what I said about Barack wasn't to blame him in any way, shape, or form. It's just to say that this has been a conversation that's lived through the last couple of administrations. This isn't a Trump issue. This is a us issue. This is a we. This is how we digest media issue. This isn't down, dude. I've never seen a guy who's not even in power yet scare the living crap out of people like this in my life. You guys are a bunch of cowards. I don't understand what she said there that's like so outrageous to people. What are people so like, oh my God, I can't believe, I mean. Not me either. Me either. On both sides there. I don't understand what people are so like, oh yeah, she deserves to be celebrated right. and she's a champion of, 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 of courageousness. I don't necessarily think that. Me either. Nor, she didn't say anything that crazy. No, nor do I think that like, oh my God, this liberal bitch just spewing right. her liberal bitch policies onto America. I, I think this is just a woman giving her opinion. And, and, and her opinion was very, meh. I mean, that was my point to talk about it, is that what are we ta- what, why, are we, why are we rallying around this woman this morning? She didn't even say anything. Why do we care about Meryl Streep and what she thinks about politics? A huge, huge part of this last, of this last election was, oh, dude, all these, all these celebrities, they all want to come up here, and Tom, or Tom Hanks and, 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 and all these liberal BS celebrities, they all want to spew their crap. Sure. Well, obviously, it didn't work. So if it doesn't work, and then it doesn't affect... Then why are we still affect, doing it? And, well, not why are we still doing it. Why are you getting upset about somebody doing it? It's 
It's not winning. It's not doing anything. Conservatives, you won. Republicans, you won. Who cares what they're saying? They lost. Why do you care if a bunch of losers are sitting around whining to each other? What do you think the Golden State Warriors did after the Cavs beat them? They sat around and whined to each other. And I, what difference does that make if that didn't change the, the, the election? And it's not going to change who the president's going to be. Who cares? Who cares? I don't know why people looked to actors anyway for for to to verify your opinion. These people live in a world that we don't understand, and we live in a world that they don't understand. They live in this bubble where everybody just wipes their A and tells them how great they are, and everything they did is the most special thing ever, and they make $20 million to work six months out of the year to film a movie. And so then they go, oh, well, I know what it's like because I remember once upon a time I had to bust tables. 25 years ago. The world's turn. Dude, celebrities don't know the world you and I live in. They don't. They live in a bubble-wrapped special place. Meanwhile, that they don't want you in. <laughs> Just so you know, they don't want in. Meryl Streep's the first person, or if she saw somebody that looked like you or I walking down her street where she lives, she'd call the security company. And she's, we need to be nice to everybody. She'd be the first person to call the cops on you if you were lost in her neighborhood. But whatever. And again, I love her. I think she's great. But she didn't say anything visionary last night. She didn't say anything legendary last night. We need to protect the journalist? For, for what? The last decade, all we've talked about is how they suck and how they're not qualified to do their jobs. What are we protecting them for? For what? They suck. They don't know how to do their jobs. I thought that was the whole thing for like the last decade. No? Okay. Everybody giving Jimmy Fallon a bunch of credit. Oh, what would you, ever wonder what happened if Joffrey lived? We'll know in 13 days. I guess. No, I no, I should say this. I did not vote for Donald Trump. Now, most of Star County did. It was like 80% of you did. I have the numbers. It's crazy. I did not vote for Donald Trump. Okay? So I'm not up here backing him. That's not what's happening. But I think we're afraid of something before we need to be afraid of it. I think we're afraid of something that I don't know deserves all this fear. I don't know that it does. I don't know that it doesn't, but I don't know that it deserves this kind of fear that you're giving it. And I think you're going to give it. I, I, I just think you're giving it a lot of power. While we are uh, on the uh, the the subject of the GOP and Republicans, uh, wanted to take a second to shout out a Stark County resident. Uh, I believe Jane Timken is now the official leader of the Ohio GOP. So Stark County resident, obviously the Timkins, a huge power in Canton, Ohio, and she I, is in, in, in control of the GOP. I don't so. want to speak on a turn, but I would imagine the biggest employer of this town, I would think. Huge donator to the Trump campaign yeah, they as were, well. well. I went to the Trump rally here in Canton. Her and her husband were center stage, standing right behind him. He shook, when he walked up on that stage, he shook their hands, talked to them for a few, I mean, you could tell he knows them. Like they've held, well, a they held a dinner party for him. Yeah, Star County on the map. It's good stuff. I said this county voted for him in droves. It was crazy. It was completely lopsided. So while all your friends are running around talking to you about how they're Hillary Clinton supporters, no, they're not. Is it possible to not be a Hillary Clinton supporter, but yet still be concerned about Donald Trump? Because that's what I always feel like gets very, very muddled here, where I'm like, oh, I have an issue with this, this, and this, or people are like, shut up, Hillary lost. And I'm like, I'm not talking about Hillary. I'm talking about the person who is going to be running the country. No, here. yes, of course it is. But what my point was is I think, there were, and I said this all along, there were people along this election cycle who were telling you that they were voting one way because they didn't want to be harassed about the way they were actually voting, which was the Republican side. I said it all along that I felt like this community was going to do that. Sure enough, I have the numbers it was like 80 percent of you 
It was crazy. That guy is like Jesus here. He could walk on water here, Donald Trump could. It's crazy. Now, look, you're getting your guy. But I don't know what everybody's patting Meryl Streep on the back for, for for ringing the bell about something that's been a problem for the last decade. What are you, 90? Did somebody just wake you up in the back of the room, Meryl? What happened? We've been talking about the death of journalism and how bad it is and how they're not qualified for a decade plus. This isn't a new problem. This isn't a Donald Trump issue. Stop making everything a Donald Trump issue. You guys are going to blame him for the, you know, the stock market collapse of 29. You'll have him blamed for that before long. You give, you give Twitter long enough, they'll blame him for that. Good God. Dude, just uh, these actors. It's like, dude, the self-importance that you think you... It's just... it's Oh, my God. It's unnerving. So an ESPN, um, like, on-air personality, Jameel Hill, again, another woman who I love. Jameel Hill, I absolutely love her. She got into a war of words with a porn star? We'll get into that next on The Stansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You can win your way out to uh, Los Angeles to the L.A. Forum for the iHeartRadio Music Awards at 11 a.m. with Fishhead this morning. He has your next opportunity. We'll have another one for you at 9 a.m. tomorrow. But we're passing out trips to the iHeartRadio Music Awards, and you can win your way in at 11 a.m. Uh, we'll close out the program a little later, uh, getting a look ahead at the Alabama-Clemson game. That national championship game tonight, 8 o'clock. I'm going to probably try to take a nap so I can stay and watch some of that. kind of want to see that. Yeah, it's one of those things that I don't feel compelled to stay up for, but when I wake up tomorrow and if something crazy happened, I'm going to be like, damn it, why didn't you watch right. that, idiot? Right. I, um, there's also another uh, college football player that has decided he's going to forego his senior year. He's going to enter the NFL draft. That will affect what the Browns do on draft day. We'll close out the show talking about that as well. Um, we want to get to this, and again, this is sports-related. Today was pretty sports-heavy. Sometimes you'll have that. Uh, sometimes sports will dominate what's in the news. The ticket, the fan, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I mean we're not a sports show, but we're you know we're a couple of guys we pay attention to the sports, and I and know guys that listen to the radio probably like sports as well. So mm, uh, debatable. <laughs> what are you gonna tell me next? I like hot chicks, Stansberry. You gonna tell me they like beer too? What are you stupid? Come on, you're an idiot. So um, I, I know some of you may know Jameel Hill from uh, ESPN. Now mm-hmm. she's a very good friend of a, of a mutual friend of ours, uh, uh, Ricky Smith. Uh, he is, uh, as a matter of fact, he was on her show, his and hers the other day on ESPN. And, uh, Jameel is, uh, I like her. I, um, well, I have an attraction maybe to Jameel Hill is what we can call it. Okay. I, uh, and so I find her to be attractive and I also find her to be, uh, entertaining and I find her to be pretty good at what she does. However, I find the show his and hers to be an abomination of TV because that producer will not get in that studio and tell them when you're both speaking, nobody can hear either one of you. You got to stay out of each other's way. They need a right away coach more than honestly, the only other show I've seen worse at right away than his and hers is real time with Bill Maher. That show gets to be an effing mess on Friday nights on HBO. Nobody said it's like, dude, you need a right away coach. There is something about um, shows that can't get that right. That suck. I I mean, the way I've always been taught is that when you're talking, you're essentially standing there and you can't stand in the same place someone else is standing. So don't try to, because at that point, nobody's going to know what's happening. You can't tell. And you're right. She's she's informed. I think she's a really good um, sports talking head. But that show does get a little bit and they they agree with each other so much, too, that it's like, well, why are you guys talking over each other? It's it's one of those things. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's. 
his and hers with Jamil and Michael. Mm -hmm. And so nobody sat them in a room yet and said, this is Mike one, this is Mike two. So when Mike one starts talking, Mike two shuts the hell up. That's the way it works. It's like you got it, you need right away. And they're just bad at it. But apparently, Jamil Hill has upset the pornography community. Jeez. She's upset the porn stars. Jeez. And a self-proclaimed Giants super fan. A porn star that most of you don't know. If you know this woman, honestly, in porn, you're watching too much porn. Rochelle Ryan. And you know how I know that? I've never heard of this woman. Maybe, I've never heard of her. Maybe somebody now, just got you. Know, I'm looking favorite. at a photo of her, and she's—I mean, she looks like a porn star. I mean, she's definitely hot enough to be a porn star. But I've never—I don't recognize her, and I've never heard the name. That seems to me like if you—if you're a deep fan of hers, you're probably a little too far in the porn hole. There. The Stansberry line of pornography, right there. Do I know about it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's a good rule of thumb. Fair enough. So she tweeted out, this woman did, Rochelle Ryan did, when is his and hers going to wake up and replace Jameel Hill with another woman who is knowledgeable and doesn't make up words? And so then Hill responded, and and I get guilty of this too, when people like attack us or attack the show, I want to defend the program. And I've been talked to many a times about, you know, about radio programmers and, you know, talent coaches and the like that say, don't get down in the muck with your audience. There are always going to be people who don't agree with you and this and that. I don't subscribe to that theory. You come after me, I'm coming after you. That's just the way it is. Okay, so she says then, you're welcome to come try. She tweeted back, and apparently it was grammatically incorrect. And then uh, Jameel Hill later then uh, pulled that post down, and I would imagine because of the grammatic, you know, uh, you know, errors in that tweet, and that's going to happen with Twitter and Facebook. I hate, I hate when people are like policy cops on like spelling and that kind of stuff in tweets. It seems a little like. I don't know. It's a little annoying. Well, if you're calling somebody stupid and saying that they're not capable of doing something and you can't use grammar correctly, I understand. Well, no, 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 no. Jameel Hill is the one that didn't use the grammar properly. Well, I mean, she's saying, like, oh, you're welcome to come try. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like, All right, I see what you're saying. Uh, listen, I'm not like a grammar Nazi who's coming around telling you to. But if you're trying to sound intelligent and you can't use the correct you, your, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then there is a little bit There's of. There's like, a little bit of, like, get off your high horse there. Right. So she, uh, so then this porn star then responds back to her says, I would love love to come on the show and try to do this but i don't think that the that espn wants women in her profession she says of course not i don't know dude you, you seriously i mean espn's the i mean they're the company that started covering the wwe this last year and even you the biggest wwe fan i know says oh that's weird they're starting to get down in the muck a little uh yeah but that's a, a far leap from pornography you know what i mean like to talk to talk a, to uh, to a wwe you know, superstar on sunday you nights know, america you should really open your arms up to porn stars being on tv and regular programs you know why because you're judging that woman and let's be honest Love Trump's hate, America. Love Trump's hate. You can't hate these porn stars. You can't just tell them that all they're good for is porn. You got to let them on your regular TV shows because love Trump's hate. You judgmental bastards. Love Trump's hate. So the big blue fan, she uh, lives in Sin City, Rochelle Ryan does. Imagine that because that's where a lot of the porn is made these days. Uh, she says, I think his and hers is the TMZ of the sports world. Now that's giving them some, that's giving them a compliment, right? If somebody said to me, yo, dude, your show's like the TMZ of radio, I'd be like, Thanks. Did you just tell me my show is the most profitable and one of the most recognizable brands in broadcasting? Thank you. Yeah, TMZ is doing pretty good. TMZ, dude, I don't trust anything until TMZ says it. Especially, dude, when somebody dies, I don't trust anything, anything until TMZ says it. So, just kind of funny there. I, I, I would tell Jameel Hill, you probably 
better off not getting down into a war of words with a porn star. Yeah, and I mean, there's a little bit of like, dude, you have to recognize your position. She's coming at you for a reason because you're higher up on that. Uh, dude, sometimes you got to act big dog and like, yeah, here, I don't even hear you barking at me. That's how big I am. Right, you know? exactly right. Exactly right there. So, a uh, like I said, a college football player said, nope, I'm not coming back my senior year. I'm going to forego it. I'm going to enter the draft and it will, I guarantee you, it will affect what the Browns do on draft day. We'll get you clued in next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Again, win your way into the uh, iHeartRadio Music Awards at 11 a.m. Fishhead uh, has your next opportunity to win your way out to Los Angeles. So even if you hate the music, it's just like, dear God, get out of uh, get out of Ohio for a little while. Asking that uh, L.A. sun there. Yeah, get the bubbles going and get yourself a little tan. Fishhead, next opportunity. Los Angeles. We'll, have, uh, we'll do it again for you at 9 a.m. tomorrow as well. The national championship game, NCAA uh, football and uh, national championship game, is this evening. Clemson taking on Alabama. And uh, I'm inclined to just say Alabama's going to roll just because that's kind of what the media tells you. And it's like, you know, they're great and they're, you know, they're, they're all this stuff. But I got to tell you, my gut says Clemson. My gut says Clemson. And I've gone against it a few times recently and I've been wrong. So I'm going to say Clemson by three. And they're probably going to get blown out. Alabama's going to win like 40 to nothing. But uh, I'm inclined to believe uh, that Clemson gets the upset here. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the game kicks off tonight, 8 p.m. Jeez, um, Louise, 8 p.m. National Championship Yeah, which game. means 8.30. I mean, by right. the time they're done, it, right. it would, you know, with uh, you know, announcements and all that stuff, it's going to be 8.30, 8.35 by the time they kick the ball off. And honestly, I know we're in the minority here, but that's late for us. Dude, that's late for anybody. I'm sorry, dude, but we're talking about a three-hour football game minimum here. Minimum. minimum. We're, so minimum. We're, if we're starting at 8.15 start time and 11.15 end of the game on a Monday? Well, what's halftime like in the National Championship game? Is it a, like a like the Super Bowl? Is it longer for performance? and stuff like that? Uh, I'm going to assume it's not long as the Super Bowl, but I would assume it, it obviously is no shorter than your average NCAA Which halftime. I, I think it's 15, and it's going to be a little longer, right? I would right. imagine there's a performer. I would ima- I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with that, but I, I would imagine that there's somebody. You're not going to have a national championship game without some like you know spectacle at halftime. I, I understand that you can't oh, necessarily... Oh, it's the bands, right? Yeah, but I mean, there still, you go. you're going mean, to you're gonna, you're gonna give them an opportunity to shine. They each play there, yeah. I understand it's a national championship game, therefore you do have to factor in the West Coast being three hours behind yeah. us, but like, dude, start that. I, I, I guess just I start it earlier, then it'll be over earlier. And I just asking people on the East Coast to stay up till eleven thirty at night for two teams that they I mean, don't care about. Even it's if crazy. you wake, even if you wake up at seven a.m., that's pretty late to stay up. So yeah, it's you're right about that. We sh- the, I don't know if they're ever gonna like try to move them up. Do it on a Saturday. Why don't you just do it on a Saturday? It's the national college. That's that is college football day in America. Saturday. It is. And why would you do it on? Wait a, till Monday. Why would you do it on, on a, a weeknight? I'm like the worst weeknight there is. Too. Right. It makes zero sense. Yeah. I'm. I. I. I yeah. I, I would co-sign Saturday night. I say the same thing about you the know Super why? Bowl. Move it to a Saturday. You know why they don't play? I, I think I figured this out. You know why they don't play the national championship game on a Saturday night? It's because what starts to happen now with the NFL? You got Saturday games. Because of playoffs. And so they're probably trying to stay out of each other's lane there. I My guess is that's what's happening there. Yeah, at that point, I guess I would just say, well, you guys need to sit down with a calendar together and be like, okay, well, we're taking this Saturday night. You guys move this one. You know what I mean? Like, It figure, could be done. Figure that out. If you, got both, if you got both entities involved there, it could be done. Who do you think wins tonight? 
Uh, I, uh, I obviously your heart or your head says Alabama. One of my best friends went to Clemson, so he's a huge Tiger. And there's a part of me that's just like, dude, I hope they win for my buddies. So. I want them to win because I like when stories in sport change. Right. I like when stories in sport change, and um, so I, I want Clemson to win. Uh, my head says Alabama. My gut says Clemson. I'm going to choose to go with my gut this time around because my gut said Trump, but my head said Clinton, and I and my gut was right about that. And like there was, uh, so I'm going with gut here. So I'm going to say Clemson by three. Um, I have not bet the game as of yet, but I probably will before kickoff. I'm going to let the line do what it does. National championship games normally they'll they'll move around just a little bit. I'm going to let the line do what it does the rest of the day, and then I'm going to I'm going to place my bet now. Coming out of the, the University of North Carolina is Mitch Trubisky, uh, an Ohio kid, I believe. Menor yeah. uh, is where he's from there, and um, he said now that he is going to forego his senior year and he's going to enter the NFL draft. And he's talked about before, apparently, while being at North Carolina, about how homesick he was uh, being there. And he wanted to go home. And, you know, home's one of those places where you're always going to find yourself being again. And people are starting to say that this is him all, you know, him like sending messages out Hey, Browns, I want to come there. And there are. Hundreds of people all over my Twitter that are telling me, dude, we need to take Trubisky. We need to take Trubisky. We need to we need to take him. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I'm very critical on quarterbacks, and, uh, and, and I try to pay attention. I have not watched a lot of Mitch Trubisky tape. I have not watched a lot of his games. Yeah, Tar Heels football isn't necessarily... Uh, Just not know. on enough for me to stay on top of him. Now, I bet if I YouTubed him, I bet I could find a lot of stuff. But again, that's going to be a lot of like highlight reel things, I would think. Um, so I don't know whether or not I think he's the next level quarterback. I just don't. Um, between now and the draft, I'll watch more stuff on him and I'll try to get a little bit more boned up on him so I can have a for real opinion. Um, I know there are a lot of people, and again, he's playing tonight. Deshaun Watson is. He's going to be. A lot of people say uh, you know he may go number one overall. Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for Clemson, and a lot of people want to see him in a Browns jersey. Now the Browns have kind of indicated that they're going to take Miles Garrett, a defensive end. And he just hired a defensive coordinator, so I guess maybe getting him some toys to play with, probably not the worst idea in the world. Um, But Hugh is supposedly a brilliant offensive mind, so maybe we should get him some toys to play with, too. I mean, that's the thing about the Browns. They need it all. Well, they you, need it all, baby. Yeah, but you, you you have to you have to prioritize risk and, and reward here. I agree. Where it, I think the, I, I think Deshaun Watson is probably going to be a halfway decent quarterback, but it's not a home run number one pick. I don't think so. I would be more inclined to move off of that as my number one pick. Yeah, until I want to see a bona fide yes, that's a kid we're taking. In, until the Browns can actually say that hey, we have a team in place, and hey, we're able to you know uh, nurture a quarterback. Taking a quarterback to me is ridiculous. I mean, how can you tell a guy that he's going to come in here and do this job when he has zero ability to do this job? You've given him zero of the tools that he needs to do this job. I don't know. Maybe it's Rock 106.9. Who knows? But I can't can't pick a quarterback with any sort of high draft pick right now. I, hometown kid, I know. Listen, dude. I mean, we tried it twice. Listen, dude. You 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 feel like you miss your mom and dad, and you miss all your friends and mentor. But, dude, you are in North Carolina, the starting quarterback for the Tar Heels. Go bang a blonde chick. What are you talking about? How are you homesick, dude? Go be a man for a little while. Like, I would agree. Right? I would agree. I'm I mean, dude, homesick. You're big man. You're you're big man on campus, and and you miss Menor Mall. Right. Like, right. Dude, I've lived in Menor. That's what Menor has. The mall. <laughs> That's what's there.
I, uh, I, I, I listen. If you feel like this kid is 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 worthy of a late round, you know, draft pick. If or he's there in the like second that, round, I think you take him. Second round, I don't know. Second round is still pretty high. I, I think the Browns, you, Browns need to take care of 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 players that are going to make an impact on the field with their first. What are they? A four in the sure. top fifty. Yeah. So it, it, with that being the case, all four of those dudes need to be somebody who's starting starting. Uh, you know, on, on their side of the ball within that Day year. One. So yeah, I don't. I can't do that. Hard to argue that. Hard to argue that. I miss. I miss mentor. What? Now, I think that's Twitter reading too much into what he said. I mean, he's a college kid, and sometimes you just miss being at home, right? You miss your mom doing your laundry. You miss something she makes for dinner. You miss being able to talk to your dad about sports or whatever. I get it. I mean, dude, when I lived in Oregon, I'm a grown man. When I lived in Oregon, I was homesick every day. I wanted to come home. And then I got home, and I was like, what the hell did I do this for? Yeah, but then you have a three-way with some North Carolina chicks, and life's great, dude. What are you talking about? Come on. You're right. That threesome I had in my pool table was pretty good. Maybe maybe I should stay in Oregon. (laughs) That was good times out there. So Trubisky probably going to be a Brown. Deshaun Watson's probably going to go. <laughs> probably we're probably going to trade the pick. Deshaun Watson's going to be a Hall of Famer. We're going to take Trubisky. Probably breaks his leg. Snap number two. Jeez. But uh, I could see the Browns doing that. I could totally see that. And again, I haven't watched enough tape, so I'm not bagging on him for it. I, the kid might be great. He may be great. I just haven't watched enough tape. I don't know. National championship game this evening, Clemson v. Alabama there. Again, my gut says Clemson by three. Aside from that, we are done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day.